Yes, sir. Yeah. Dog, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. And then we leave it there. <laughs> it'd get, I think you'd be too nervous, yeah, like you said. No. Boom, and we're live. UFC motherfucking bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw <laughs> and Dwayne Ludwig. How you doing, Mr. Master Logan? Splinter. What's oh, up, buddy? Good to see good. you, man. Good to okay, see you. Got golf shirts now, too. Look at you, you respectable gotta, motherfucker. Gotta I'm 40 now. Oh, you got to be respectable. <laughs> gotta step up my game. Yeah. People walking into the I... dojo and he's got to look dressed to the nines, you know, looking like it's uh, the job. But there's a warning sign on the wall that says explicit language. Oh, so you, you let people know people yes, are going to be swearing up in this bitch. Yes, sir. Yeah. Line up, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Down on the mat first, though. Do you say that when you teach classes? Do you swear So I get classes? into it. Yeah, I'm passionate. Yeah, I, no, yeah. you are. Yeah. yeah. You get fired up. Yes, that's why I don't teach the kids. We have oh. a separate room for the kids' classes. That's Coach smart, Sam Coots runs man. That. Yeah. That's, so you have a children's program? Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I love the fact that you take regular classes. Mm -hmm. I watch you on the Instagram. Yeah. Bantamweight champion of the world. Oh, yeah. Regular sure. regular classes with yeah. regular people. I see them in there with you like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. All starstruck and weirded out, going Man, through drills. I love it. I, lo I love, I mean, obviously, none of his classes are regular, though. You know, right. even if you're an average Joe coming off the street, like Dwayne's teaching you the same shit that I'm doing. Right. You know, but yeah, working out with a guy that's never had a real fight before, you know, I mean, he'll always remember that. You know, he'll yeah. always get to work out with me. So it's, it's, uh, it's cool, man. I, I like doing it, and especially at Dwayne's gym too. It kind of shows like the true love that I have for the system and being in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what kind of fucking sport other than MMA is that even possible? Good point. Yeah, it, it, right. If it's, it's control, jujitsu, yeah. jujitsu, yeah. you could do that. But the people, don't, most people, don't know who the jujitsu guys are. I mean, you're fighting on fucking television all the time. Yeah, and yeah. it's almost it's almost too easy to have that happen in this sport oh, yeah. you know right. to where like you there's people you should be you shouldn't be sparring with it it happens you know that's why a controlled environment's awesome that's why like the, i feel like the small kind of training camps and teams have been so beneficial because you know exactly who you're working out with right. and who you're getting better with but there are times to work out with the average guys you know not when i'm getting ready for a fight or um don't want to get hurt you know kind of thing and then yeah. his is a very controlled system when we're doing dutch drills that uh it's it's uh you're not going to go crazy you know, there's so many different approaches to training fighters. Yes, sir. And you obviously have hit, but you guys have like the best fighter trainer relationship that I know about because you guys are so tight. Mm -hmm. It's like you guys are really a team, whereas there's always some weird animosity with fighters and trainers, and the, the blow ups are just like men and women. Like when, when men and women break <laughs> up, and you fucking bitch, you know, yeah. you fucking, you fucking, fucking, oh, yeah. Like th that happens yes, with fight. That makes me so sad when mm -hmm. I see like fighter trainer blowouts mm -hmm. when they separate and talk shit about each other. Like, God, that's so, that's such a bummer. I think it's both of them have too big of an ego. One wants to be like the coach, maybe coaching the fighter, wants to be more popular or whatever it may be, you know? Um, and it just the. Uh, I don't know. Whenever, whenever Dwayne came into the gym, and as soon as he was there from the first practice, I knew we were going to get along. He's a crazy motherfucker. He likes to go hard, um, competitive, and that's kind of like everything I do, you know. But you're also you have a very, very well thought out system. Yes, yeah. sir. Like yes, I've sir. been, I was very impressed with like just your documentation of your system, how you have all these different things worked out. Like these aren't like just hap. I mean, there's obviously creative creativity involved mm -hmm. when an actual fight is happening. But your system is so well thought out and, and so comprehensive. I feel that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing is organizing the chaos of a fight so that the regular person can understand what's happening. When I was fighting and training, fighting was scary. And uh, you know, I was very scared of it. So I wanted to make sure I understood what was going on. So I just started mapping it out. And a lot of that came from Sensei Rutan because he had the number system of you know three was jab, cross, hook, rather than three just being the left hook. So 
he sparked the initial interest to just start categorizing everything, putting things into a system, and it helped out. And uh, yeah, but you don't be sleep. Successful. He thinks yeah. about it nonstop. He doesn't sleep. <laughs> There's only one way to I'll be great. A, I'll get a text message in the middle of the night when we're coming up to a fight, and like it'd be like. 12, 1 o'clock, and it's even if he's in Colorado, it's 2 o'clock for him. And uh, yeah. getting a random text message of what I should be doing for this fight. Or what I, like He's watching sparring tapes of what I was doing. We need to change this, need to change that. I mean, this guy cares about my career just as much as I do, and that's why it works, you know? Yeah, um, it's true. I want him, I want him so to be So his system changes. I mean, it's, it's a great thought-out system, but, it, like, I've never had the same training camp. Mm. You know, I don't ever have the same calm. We, we have, like... Your system base is the same, but it always veers off. Like I don't even know what the TJ combo is anymore. <laughs> I think it's changed. We like always eight, gotta change things changed up. like eight times. You know, so, so it's always like an add-on yeah. or a change. So, yeah. well, I remember yeah. the first time you fought Hannon Burrell when you won the title, and Dwayne and I had lunch together. And there was a bunch of people at the table, but Dwayne didn't even know they were alive. Nope. He wasn't even paying attention. He was just telling me exactly how it was going to go down. And he was just talking about all the things they've been, and his hands are moving, and his shoulders are twitching, trying to be his eyes are moving around back and forth, and he was going 100 miles an hour with his voice. Just blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow, dude, you're geared up. And he I goes, mean, he's going to fuck him up. He's going to fuck him up. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah. you see the emotion that he shows inside the octagon after yeah. the fights, you know? So uh, that's how much he cares going into it. That's how nervous he is, you know? Um and like I said, if you have a coach that cares that much about you and your career, then you don't let it go. Yeah, you when know? you were when you were in Sacramento and then you moved to Colorado, you have basically kind of had to start from scratch. You a lot of people obviously know who you are. You're a well sought out trainer, but you were opening up your own place from yes, scratch. Sir. And now that place is fucking mobbed and you're yeah. expanding. Yeah, yes sir. Yeah, it's yeah, we're expanding and uh just continuing to grow and have a good positive outlet for people to explore their soul, right? Uh that's why I'm here is to teach martial arts. So it's uh, I'm glad everyone else is, is realizing that as well, and I can cross paths with the ninjas like T.J. Dillashaw and help them become better martial artists. And it's just the good. I'm you know 100% living living vicariously through T.J. and all my athletes and everybody under the BMT umbrella. And it's a good way to give back and basically relive another career for the most part, right? So mm. and that's what we should be doing anyway is paying the positive lessons forward and on to the next generation and that's uh that's the definition of sensei actually meaning history teacher teacher you know from those who've come before you so and to have somebody like tj as dedicated as he is it's it's a true blessing and uh that's why i'm all in he's all in i'm all in let's go yeah well it's, it's just rare that you find all in coach and all in fighter yep. and they get together and you guys have such unique working i'm, I'm more than all in same with you like yes, i'm sir. like addicted you know like yeah. i can't like if i'm not completely like full-blown into it i mentally am, am fucked when I get home, you know? Now, coming off of the second victory over Cody and then being able to stop him even quicker this time and that, and just all the crazy shit talking that led up to that fight and yeah. the results of the first fight, I mean, that's got to be very satisfying to you that everything is going according to plan. Absolutely, man. Um, it is. <laughs> I mean, Especially with the whole build-up. You know, it was like two years of just bullshit mm -hmm. having to deal with that. I mean, that's... Not the kind of person I am, you know. I'd rather yeah. be in the mountains, you not be able to get a hold of me, hunting or just camping. And, and like, if I if I could disappear, I, I'd take the advantage to do it, you know. So that crazy attention and just like the shit talking, mm -hmm. the TV show, them accusing me of everything, like, yeah, that, that took a lot, you know. And so for all that to be like taken off my shoulders feels great. For you though, there's got that's got to be a real feeling of like retribution too. Like no matter what they said, like yeah. you, you had the right idea. They might not have been happy yeah. that you decided to do it for yourself. And the right move for yourself was to go and go to Colorado and, mm -hmm. and be with Dwayne. But obviously you were right. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I was right. I mean, that's why I made the decision. I'm definitely, 
you know, you got to be selfish in this this sport. You got to do what's best for yourself. In and some I, ways, without mm-hmm. fucking people over, yeah. you have to be selfish. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to know what's best for you. And right. then, so the ultimate decision for me was when I got an ultimatum. You know, like Uriah knew how much I like training with Dwayne. He knew how great it was for my mentality, and we just vibed right away. You know, and they didn't. And so when he gave me the ultimatum, like, look, man, you're either doing your camp with Dwayne or you're doing it with us. So I was like, well, then you don't have my best interest in heart. I'm out of here. You know, like I sold my house, bought uh, a movie out to Colorado. Like I dropped everything and went. Dude, that was tough. You know, that was a tough situation to go through. And uh, I, I, yeah, I made the right choice. You know, well, your, your decision, the way you approached it was very similar to what you were doing too because when i talked to you you're like i'm gonna open up my own gym in colorado and i remember thinking whenever someone thinks they're gonna start from scratch with a new gym by themselves i'm like oh i mean i wish you well but damn that's a lot of work you know as well as anybody yes sir i've I've known since i was a kid i was gonna be world champion and have my own academy in colorado check check wow starting a gym is tough man we're we're doing it now while we're we've been going through it for the last Year, year and a half down here in Southern California. So. Yeah, and the the new place is called uh, the Training Lab. The Training Lab. But it's spelled funny. It's got R E I N, yeah, like Rain. Yeah, because yeah. Mark Munoz had Rain mm-hmm. down in uh, Lake Forest, and Sam Calvita, the guy that I moved down for for strength conditioning, just his his crazy mind. He's beyond smart like he'll everything he talks about like i have to be at his house for hours pretty much doing a podcast with him to figure out what he's talking about and usually it always goes over your head you know i've gone like i said i'm always full blown i'm in 100 percent. and so as soon as he started showing me the science behind what my body needs to do over for my diet my recovery um the days i'm working out my the way i'm doing my strength conditioning and what if i'm going to go bigger or how far i am from camp like everything has a rhyme and reason like every calorie i eat every macronutrients i eat He's got it down, written down. He's like this guy. Yeah. He stays up late and mm-hmm. works. And, and he doesn't do it for the money or the pride. Like, he doesn't want anything. Like, we do it out of his garage. You know, it's like an old Rocky-style training with Drago science. I saw that on the UFC countdown videos. Yeah, man. We're out in the park. You know, we're doing crazy. Yeah. Like, yesterday, I was out in the park with him doing a bunch of crazy stuff and a lot of reaction time stuff. And uh, just the way he trains is very, very scientific. And I've seen the gains insanely. You know, really? For as old as I am... I'm the strongest and fastest I've ever been. How old are you now? 32. I've been training since I was eight. You know, right. I, I never got into diet, never got into any of this um, until I started picking Sam's brain. And uh, I think the real, I mean, everything's, it's not bro science either. We're not like, oh, I think I feel better. Right. I'm testing myself. You know, I've, I've boosted my hormones. Um, I wasn't able to get my wife pregnant for three years, and it happened in three months after meeting Sam. Like, I went full blown. I went so full blown that I created my own, like, spice company around his diet. You know, like I don't. What's, well, what has he got you doing differently? What, how were you eating before, and what were you doing before for strength and conditioning before you met him? Um, so it was. I didn't care about what I ate. I was. I don't cut much weight. You know, thirty five right. isn't a very big cut for me. What so do you I, walk around at? Um, like right now, I probably woke up one fifty this morning. Um, that's a little bit lighter than normal. But I haven't been doing my. I have to. I bulk up to go thirty fives. I put on another like good five pounds of muscle before I start to even worry about my weight at thirty fives. Um, but. I was just eating whatever, you know? Um, and I used to make fun of Danny for being gluten-free. I'd be like, ah, give me more gluten. I don't care. I'll eat whatever I want. I'm the best, you know? I'll just train hard, train harder than everyone. But uh, not only my age, but just uh, learning the science behind it. Now I'm not eating grains, you know, no sugars unless it's uh, simple, like uh, from fruits and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's it's a special diet. I'd say like the cl- – you like almost go like paleo, keto kind of, but – Obviously, our bodies can't do that because I need the simple carbs and need carbs to run off yeah. and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, he's real, I, I don't want to give away all his secrets. But, yeah, man, he's, he's changed up a lot with me. 
you don't want to give away all the secrets, but when it comes to nutrition, <laughs> like what is yeah. what is different? Like what kind of protein does he have you eating? What portions of protein? How much of it is fat? What are you getting your fat from avocado, coconut oil? What are you getting it from? Oh uh, yeah, a lot of lot of a lot of nuts, a lot of coconut oils. Um, uh, they even pre-make my meals, so I don't even, really. I don't even think about what meals I'm eating. So Jesus Christ! He does all three of my meals and two of my snacks every day. And you you live in that area when you're in training camp? Yes, yeah. So I I just bought a house in Yorba Linda. Ah, um, it's a nice I'm, area. Dude, I love it. It's amazing. It's a it's real, real good family area, good school district. So um, that's how you know your life has changed when you're looking at houses for school districts. Dude, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Being, yeah. A, being a father's grace. But it's I'm, a train, I'm lucky. It's a change of the, the whole shifting of your world. It's everything. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. That's all you think about, you know? It takes a while to be, realize you're a different person. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a different person than I used yeah. to be. I remember you made a comment before saying that there was a – an old banana or a fresh oh, banana yeah. or something, right? It was a bit from my act. Oh, yeah. is that what it was? I, that's when I realized something. There was two bananas, and one of them was, like, yellow and perfect, and the other one was brown and fucked up. But my daughter loves bananas, so I took that brown, fucked-up banana, yep. and I ate it because I li- realized that I was, I was putting her above me. And that, that was I'd never thought about that before. And then I said, because I love my wife. She's an awesome person. But if it's just me and her... That bitch is getting a shitty banana. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I drive a, a freaking Subaru car because it's got five star crash rating, good in the snow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think of the kids first. Dude, for sure. Subaru, they own Denver. Col- yeah, Colorado. They own there's it. tons of Subaru. They own Colorado. But it's I did like- just get a Tesla. Oh. So I'm supporting the podcast. Well, I, well, kind of not like I just not like I just dropped fifty grand. You know, you you go on the website, you punch in your, the information, you put in a thousand dollar deposit, and then you got to wait for a while for it to be built. Right. So it's not like I dropped fifty grand, and then I'm gonna lease it through the business anyway. But yeah, I've been wanting to get one for a while. It's funny, man, how Subarus like they've proven themselves in Colorado just yeah. for reliability. They're awesome. Yep. There's you know, a ton of old ones still floating around. Everywhere. They run. Yep. They just, literally, if you go through Boulder, it's like fifty percent Subarus. I, I would say that. Yeah. They just sure. they've just said let's just cut the shit. Yeah, yeah. This one is the best in snow. Yeah. Let's stop fucking around. They never break. Yeah. Fucking Japanese cars, man. They never I've had three Lexuses. Never had a single problem with any of them. That's yeah, oh, a nice. good built car. Over like 15, 20 years I've wow. had Lexuses. They never fuck up. Perfect. They just start every time. <laughs> no fuck ups. Three hundred thousand miles on it, it's still gonna run. Yeah, other cars you get in, the windows roll halfway down. What the fuck's going on? Ding ding ding! Lights go off in the dashboard. What is this? Yeah. It shuts off. Put, ah, fuck! Put black tape over it. You won't yeah. see it no more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. It's got to be difficult to build cars. Speaking of cars, do you, does everybody know you have that fucking thing outside? Are you allowed to talk about? Oh uh, yeah, I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. You got one of my favorite cars ever. Dude, the I new love NSX. It. It's amazing car. That thing's a spaceship. It really yeah, is, man. Spaceship. Dude, it's uh, a real spaceship. <laughs> it's a real fun car. Doesn't it? What are we talking about? It has four engines. Three of them are electric. I mean, it, it is a crazy. I mean, it's got that twin turbo V6. I mean, it's only got. Uh, high 500s in horsepower. But there it is. Look at that fucking yeah. thing. But oh, it yeah. uh, only got high 500s. But the torque on it is sound? insane because it's a it's a, a two electric motors. So right. off the start, it's so fast. Uh, zero to sixty in two point nine seconds. Jesus, it's wow. fast, dude. It's so good looking too. Yeah, I love the way they look. They, yeah. they look like a car that's supposed to be built in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like that shit's from the future. It took them a long time to, to create that car. I mean, they stopped making the, the second generation NSX, like what? 2005. The, yeah. I had one. Oh, oh did you? Yeah. That's I, why I you're had a huge two of those. Fan of them too, yeah. Yeah. I had one in the early 90s, and then I had one in uh, 2003. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, well, uh, did you like the early 90s or 2000s? No, I like the headlights better than the newer one. Okay. But they're all awesome. Yeah. They're just, it, it's not a fast car. Like if you buy, I think it had 270 horsepower. Okay. But it's all aluminum. Mm. It's mid-engine. It sounds amazing when it gets high, like hot in the high revs. But it doesn't sound like, it's it's not like a like an old Mustang. It's like fuck mm. you, like, <laughs> like metal as it driving in the street. It's like a sophisticated sound. Yeah. But a cool sound. The VTEC engine. That was my one problem with the new NSX was that how quiet it was because it's a hybrid. So I'm like the like I said, I was the one of three cars in the United States right now that have a custom exhaust for it and make it sound a lot better. This guy out in Chicago, a B-Rogue, I think it is, um, has designed a, a, an exhaust for it. You know, that car is also, even though it's an Acura, that car is made and designed in the United States. Yeah, oh, the cool. factory's in Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah, it's a total American car. Yeah, but it's awesome. under the Acura. I mean, it's like, what is American anymore? I mean, I don't, I don't even understand yeah, every it time anymore. i order stuff it's always from china or pakistan or something mm -hmm. so but yeah. it's also like the parts like are all the parts made here no. everything no you know like assembled uh, that's an, an issue with harley davidson right trump wants us to ban harley davidson's now i didn't boycott know that. boycott harley davidson's really yeah because yeah, harley davidson is gonna shift their factories to somewhere to make some part of it or maybe Shouldn't all of it be talking about the elon musk and saving the world I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody could do Trump's job. I don't think anybody could I think, be president. I think it's stupid. There's it's no stupid way to that, ask one person to have that much yeah. responsibility. Yes. Yeah. That there's, that person then needs to be like ten, fifteen people to handle that at job least. for sure. Maybe thirty. There's yeah. no way I'd ever want the pressure of that. Fuck job. that job. No Fuck that. I wonder job. how much he's actually doing though. I don't wonder how much pussy he's getting. <laughs> I really want to know. Because I don't think he's just stopped getting pussy. He's like, I'm Trump. Yeah, for sure. He's, you know? uh, he's still I mean, on the roll. There's got to be, I mean, whether him and Melania still hook up, she seems upset with him. It's interesting as a drama. As you watch it all go down, like, is, is the investigation closing in on him? Are they going to put him in jail? Or is he going to be like, fuck you, I'm getting on my spaceship. <laughs> I'm flying away. <laughs> I don't know. For sure he has a spaceship. Well, if he doesn't, he's trying to find out if he can get one. Oh, a, a gold one that says Trump that's on the side. That's why he's got to work with Elon Musk again. Yeah. See? Got a well, Elon quick. bailed on him when they got out of the Paris Accord. Uh, yeah. The uh, climate accord. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know enough that. about this. To talk I don't know to how your brain either. holds on to even that much information. Man. You, remember, either, man. you remember everything. I remember too much. It's yeah. a problem. I <laughs> yes. don't remember shit. But, like, my wife will tell me from Tuesday. <laughs> like, what? You told me that? She's like, we're standing right here. She'll like, go over all the details because she remembers all of it. I'm like, okay, I, I guess you're right. Okay. Head on, head on, for sure. But I'll tell yeah. you, in 1852. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Pull up some facts and stats. Some stupid stats. That's yeah. how I am. Like When it comes to martial arts, I feel like I, I understand, have a good grasp on, on what's happening. But the outside of martial arts, I don't know that much. Yeah, but that's probably good, man. You know, I think there's, I there's do, something, yeah. there's some real power in that having a singular focus i think in order to be great at something you you have to be that way i, I, would, I wouldn't say singular but i would say very dominantly focused yeah you know? i think you're right because i would if i was only thinking about mma i would not be here i would yeah be that's fighting. a good point right like you need some other things that interest you to relieve the pressure have to yeah otherwise it's too much and you snap the, i mean what is the best one for you Escape wise, yeah, uh, jumping on my Malibu boat in my backyard in Colorado and wake surfing and just getting uh, out, or yeah. or hunting, both those. I like getting out. I just went and hiked around in the mountains of Colorado for. I only got to do two and a half days because I'm too busy, but by myself, no one else. Uh, first time I ever hunting the area. I scouted it like 
three days before camp, but just went out by myself. Could didn't have a cell phone reception, nothing. Just to your own thoughts for two and a half days. So of. this type of year, uh, this time of year, archery mule deer was that what it was? Yeah. So I tried getting a uh, elk tag in Colorado, but I didn't draw. I did draw a mule deer tag for the same area. Um, but it, it, so it's heavily dominated elk, so it's hard mm-hmm. to get a mule deer there. Yeah, it's hard to get those two to coincide with each other, but that's that's hard hunting. That's oh. mountain hunting. That's the real deal. Yeah, man. I mean, you're going from 8,000 to 10, 11, 12,000 feet. You know, um, yeah. hike two or three of those mountains, and you're toast when you get back. Hey, man, when you do that, bring that um, shroom tech sport. Oh, that nice. on a shroom tech sport, oh, yeah. any cordyceps mushroom supplement, anything along those lines, that's l- literally how it came about. They realized these high-altitude uh, cattle herders were realizing that their cows were more active when they were eating these certain mushrooms. And that's the cordyceps mushroom. We actually grow. We don't grow, but, you know, we the buy it from buys people it from who grow it. it. Yeah. They grow it off caterpillars. Oh, oh no way. They yeah. grow off the caterpillar? Yeah, it's fucking weird shit, man. All cordyceps mushrooms are grown that way? I don't know about all, but a lot of them. That's crazy. Yeah, they grow them on caterpillars, so they're definitely not vegan. <laughs> Unless... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I take shroom tech and so is that a for plant every based, Is that a plant based like? It's fungal based. Okay. But the well, yeah, thing, a mushroom. Duh. Yeah, mushrooms. Eat, um, they take in air, and they breathe out carbon dioxide like we do. Okay. They're closer to animals than they are to plants. Mm. This is a whole different cat. You ever listen to Paul Stamets? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I did a podcast with him. Strap yourself in. Take three hits. Hold on tight. Buckle down <laughs> and listen to that guy's podcast. He's a real mycologist, like an, an actual scientist who studies mushrooms, yeah. and he's amazing. So that's how cordyceps mushrooms are grown. Okay. Where's the uh, caterpillar underneath that? Uh, now you can just buy. That's a culture. Of oh, it. that's a culture of them. Yeah, I yeah. thought it would have a caterpillar in there. Oh, okay. So this is a uh, for your for your home. Yeah. You could. That's probably even better, right? You get it fresh. I don't know how you make it. But I don't know how to make it either. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dudes grow shrooms though. It's pretty easy apparently. Yeah. Um, but just it's a phenomenal supplement, and if you're doing anything high altitude, yeah. it will absolutely increase your endurance. That, we, that is one of the only supplements that I'll tell people, look, if you're skeptical about any of this shit, please, I want you to, before you work out, an hour before you take four Shroom Tech Sports mm-hmm. and get ready because you're going to have an extra gear. Mm-hmm. You've you got one extra gear in training. It's like one extra I push. Them. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I take them before every uh, session with TJ. Mm-hmm. It's Shroom Tech and Alpha Brain. It's the B12, grow. it's Cordyceps Mushrooms, B12, and Adaptogens. And those are all really important things for energy. So is, does Calavita have you doing all kinds of supplementation, and mm-hmm. what has he got you uh, taking? So everyone's got a different supplement plan because he does a hair analysis from us and decides. Jesus like, Christ is a scientist. He, oh, he really – everything's got numbers, man, everything. Hair analysis. Yeah. and so he, So my supplement base would be different than Dwayne's. I mean, a lot of us have – we have the same aminos. We have the same creatine, obviously depending on where you're going for a fight. Um you know, that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to what, what's in your body mineral-wise, like I might have more magnesium or more this or more that. And mm. he gets our body back to homeostasis. So we'll take out what we have too much of. I might need more vitamin B. Did, was there any examples complex. of things you didn't, you have too much of? I have, well, I have too much arsenic in my body. Oh, what were you eating? <laughs> um, I think it's rice. I think the rice is given a lot of, because rice is rice. heavily, because mm-hmm, it's grown in water. Um, oh, and so the arsenic's coming out of the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's right. It could be for my tattoos as well. I mean, tattoo like Whoa, the, the really? ink. Yeah, the ink has arsenic in it. I'm fucked. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. The only person that have more arsenic in my body than me in our camp was uh, Cub Swanson. Wow. Yeah. 
and he's all covered in his tattoos. whole back yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, did what did they find a way to eliminate it? Can you eliminate yeah. it? Yeah, so I'm taking uh, well, I'm taking a lot of different stuff for it, but I'm taking chlorella. I'm I juice every day. I juice um, cilantro. Cilantro is good for heavy metals, getting a detox. Hmm. Um, I'm taking methionine, which is like amino to pull it out of your body. And then he's got some drops on me. I'm on too. That I don't even know what they are. Now, have you got a second test? It's yeah, a, it's come down by over fifty percent. Oh wow! Yeah, I had. So if it's still in your system and it's not, uh, you're not eating rice anymore. Mm-mm. So it's got to be from your tattoos. Yeah, it could be. I mean, or is it just slowly? It, leaving? Oh, it t- you can't. So you can do a um, collation where they do it by IV, mm-hmm. but that stuff's like it's it's hard on you know, how fast it comes out. So it comes out in like pimples. It'll come out like when I have on. It started coming out of my arm. Like it would mainly, I'd get pimples throughout my arm, and that's kind of your body pushing it. You also push really? it through your urine and things like that, but it'll come out of your skin. You got arsenic zit, son. Yeah. How yeah. yeah, weird. Man. Yeah. I tested for arsenic once, cause, but I was eating sardines. I was eating a lot that's of right. sardines, mm. and apparently they, they lived around the bottom of the ocean, and they get a lot of the heavy metal poisonings from that way. That's okay. crazy, but it makes sense with rice. That yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. But everyone's got different supplements. Like uh it just depends on what's in your body, like how like what you need to get back to perfect homeostasis. Right. And then he adds like, you know, the certain amino body bu- or muscle building and and um ubiquinol and the krill oils and things like that for um building red new red blood cells and things like that. But what is his scientific background? So, I don't know all of that. I know he worked for NASA. Um, he was um, like working with the nuclear anti-defense system, and then he missed a Christmas or something, and decided to uh, move home and be a school teacher. And he became a calculus teacher. Whoa! Um, and he does like a private high school, and uh, people travel all over the world to do his class to take his class. Um, he won some award to be in the best calculus teacher in the world. Like all of his kids on his placement test uh, scored, I don't know if it's perfect or very high, and it was so yeah. He, he's He's just uh, like math. Math will tell you everything the, yeah. and the numbers. It's not like I said. It's not bro science. It's to the exact. You know exactly if you're getting better. Um, yeah. Well, he uh, must apply that science to his understanding of, of energy and of, of intensity because, like, the way you guys train, mm-hmm. it's very intense, very explosive. It reminds me a lot of what I'm seeing at least of, like, Marv Marinovich's type mm-hmm. training, like a lot of plyometrics. A lot of things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Would, that, would that be fair to say? Absolutely. But then we also do, we're also doing um, uh, deadlifts and cleans, and we're doing a lot of stuff, man. Um, and he mixes it up a lot. Yeah, depending where you're at in your camp, um, how your body, also the recovery. So the recovery is huge. He listens to our our uh, our body while we're sleeping. So he gets a report every morning of how he's I'm, next to you in the bed. <laughs> pretty much, he'll know. Like if you had a couple glasses of wine damn, last damn. night, you know, like why why are you not recovering? He just like knows, or if he knows you're too stressed out, he knows. Like he'll tell me when I'm going to get sick. Yeah. Like he's caught on to me getting sick before I got sick. Really? He's like, oh, your body's about to crash. Like you need to like take the next day, next two days off. Like Whoa. you need to really rest. I mean, he helped, he helped keep TJ in that last fight. Yeah. Uh, helped oh. repair some injuries, right? We have to talk about him, but yeah. he helped. He, he without Sam, yeah, that fight may have been different. Probably my last two fights. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I've yes, been sir. Deal, I've been dealing with some serious stuff the last couple of fights, but I've been able to uh, keep my body very, very strong. You know. I've well, been, and now you also spent some time with Dr. Neil Reardon down yes. in Panama, and yeah. did that was that for the same type of injuries? The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So a combination of uh, the science of stem cell and Dr. Neil Reardon, as well as more. Here, I got. I mean, I got stem cells in the states. I got them in Panama. Like, I've had to do a lot to hold myself together, kind of thing. You know, and I feel great um, because of the way I'm training. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, 
I don't think people understand the uh, the kind of strain on your body a yeah. fight camp puts. It's yeah. fucking crazy. I mean, if I worked out the way you guys did once, I'm wrecked for a week. <laughs> but that's you guys what, yeah. are doing two a days yeah. every day, constantly going at it, and then there's ice baths. Is Sam, what does he have you doing? Sauna, ice bath? What does he have you got? Um, for our recovery, I mean, mainly it's just a lot of most of the time taking the time off. But we have... Um, it's always changing. It's always evolving, too. He's got, like, this iMile Pro we do for, like, some sort of stim on our muscles. We're, I, mean, I do light therapy. Stim, like electrical stim. Mm -hmm. I yeah. do I do uh, light therapy. Um, there's this new place he's starting to work with uh, down in um, Mission Viejo called, like, O2 Recovery Center where we'll do we'll do cryo. We'll do hyperbaric chamber. We'll do, um, what was it, CVAC or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A uh, bunch of different stuff we're going to add to CVAC it. CVAC is a machine we were talking about really recently where you it jacks you up in, alt in altitude and then brings you down. Mm -hmm. It, like, changes the pressure inside that little tube. And mm -hmm. that's supposed to be pretty amazing. Did you have good results with that? I actually haven't done it yet. So oh, something okay. he's told me now that, like, we're going to add this now. Like, it's oh. always, like... Every time I come back to camp, it's like we're adding the next step. He oh. doesn't do it all at once. As it should. Right? Yeah. Life's always changing and evolving it's us never, the times. It'd be like you teaching me the BMT black belt system right away right. without yes, knowing sir. any of it. Yeah. You know, So he like gets my body like slowly adapted to certain things and he adds to it. What about massage? A lot, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. kind of massage? He doing? doesn't have me do it. I just do it because I love it. Yeah. You know? But uh, I, I always do deep tissue for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then um, a lot of the like mat, like the stretching um, – Kind of, kind of like a Thai massage type stuff. Yeah, a lot of Thai massage, and then they'll also yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I forgot they stretch. That's amazing. Really well. yeah. They stand on your back and yeah. pull your arms up. And you're like, yeah. I have a student, <laughs> Brett Tomasini. He is by far the best massage therapist he's I've good. ever come across. He's really, good. he's badass. There's some ones the guy, out there. Man, he, he he's he's, he's got a black belt in massage therapy. That's for sure. Like a, a a good massage shouldn't feel that great to the average person. Like it's yeah. gonna hurt. It's supposed to hurt. You yeah. Know? yeah. But it's how you're gonna feel afterwards. And I actually now I've learned to enjoy the pain kind of thing. Mm. Um, well, yeah. Actually, so I'm an, I've been working this whole last camp too. A guy that really helped me get to my camp was um, I'm an idiot right now. That's good. Drawing a blank. But uh, Javier, he uh, did a lot of body work on me. Um, that hold me in place as well too. Um, body work as opposed to like what's so like what is body work as opposed to regular massage so he's more of like um the nerve like the nervous system will follow your, your pathways um and really find out what's weak like he'll, he'll tell me like something that's like weak before i even let him know before the massage kind how of thing. would they how can you tell that i don't know how i can tell that i'm not really sure i'd have to have him tell you so there's, there's something weird about people that touch people's bodies all the time and you go this is all horseshit and then they put their arm on your shoulder what's going on with your shoulder You're like yeah. what what do you mean and like it's very uh, very tense up here. You have an injury you're nursing. Like how? What? Yeah, how'd you know? Yeah, that? how the yeah. fuck do you know? There's and, that sixth and, sense for sure. Something's and most, going on. They yeah. just get used to like the difference mm -hmm. between your left side and your right side. You're like oh, something's going on here. They just it's like everything else, right? Like your understanding of what yeah. an athlete is capable of for is sure. so different than a person who doesn't mm -hmm. train. Just yeah. and I think it's got to be. Yeah. You know, we don't. We can't imagine someone being able to touch your pack and go, oh, you've got a tear. You got mm -hmm. a, you got a muscle tear. You're like mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. But there's also those massage therapists that will do something like, how's that feel? You feel better? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I feel better. Yeah. You know? But this guy will find my weaknesses be uh, without me even telling him. Mm. Um, he'll know, like, things that I need to get worked on. Uh, he knows my hips are aligned. Uh, like, kind of like almost like a chiropractor as well, but he doesn't do chiropractic work. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. what you don't like chiropractors, huh? I just don't think it's real. I love them. 
I love to get lined back up. Good. I've had neck, my neck just tweaked and not be able to do anything and then get lined back up and be ready to go. Yeah. It's definitely helped Massage, me. I think, and does, massage. works better than anything. Mm-hmm. But it's just too much about what, what chiropractic medicine was, how it started. It oh, started by a guy yeah. who was a magnetic healer mm-hmm. who learned about it in a seance. And then his son murdered him and took over the business. Turned out yeah. to be something good. But they, they're people are crazy, huh? The good thing about, I mean, it's interesting what's good and what's not. You know, what's provable is it's very interesting. Yes, what's they just they they people always say that it's a part of the National Institute of Healthcare. Is that what it is? Uh, a part of their recommended program, but it's not anymore. They they removed it. There's huh. not there's no real evidence that shows it works. Uh-huh. The thing about it is though, it's like. I just adjusted myself. Yeah. Like, I adjusted my knuckles. Yeah. That's yeah. literally what they're doing, what they're doing to your back. I've had, for whatever, for, you know, over 100 fights or whatever and had my neck jacked up and mm-hmm. wrestling and shots. And I've had pretty significant injury where I couldn't, like, change lanes and turn and drive and then go get adjusted and be back to square one. I think so uh, has I've done the sure. same thing with massage. I think there's something to people touching you and mm-hmm. working on stuff and, lo- and loosening okay. you up in a way that you can't do. And I'm not saying that there's not good chiropractors out there that really understand all the other things like cold laser therapy yes, and different kinds of manipulation in terms of like, you know, muscle stretching and um, um, what is that type of uh, rolfing? Rolfing is okay. legit. What's it's a that? brutal massage, that just a brutal, yeah. brutal ma- massage. But it's one of those things where it breaks everything down and then after it's over, everything's very loose. Okay. And there's there's a lot of chiropractors that are really good physical therapists too, mm. but just the the underlying principles of what okay. the chiropractic medical practice is. It started off with nonsense. Mm-hmm. The guy thought he could fix everything by adjusting you. Oh, something wrong with your eyesight? Let me fix it. Yeah, you got I, there's going to be limits Let for me sure. Fix it. I'm going to yeah. crack your neck and you're not going to have bad breath anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, stupid. But if he tells element, you to believe it, people are like, yeah. oh, nice, I do. Right. The power yeah. of belief is huge. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the right. problem. Yes, is that what, it's one of the things they prey on. And one of the ah. things that they use is, and not necessarily, there's, there's levels to this whole you know, thing. It's not just regular chiropractors. There are levels. There's, you know, there's different kinds of air quote healers yes, sir. that have like different systems that they think they can push down the middle of your back and cure your pancreas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much horseshit. Yeah. But it's not real. You know, but, the, but there are a bunch of things you can do that are real, and massage is one of them. Massage is this, it's absolutely a fact that it's helped loosen people up and relax people, and just something about being manipulated like that, like if somebody really digging their elbow into your tissue and yeah. loosening everything up. We got this fucking Tim Tam. You ever use one of these? Yeah, yeah. I have a oh, I have a Tim Tam and dude. I have the uh, Theragun as well too. Frost this is the mother. Yeah. This is the Frost. I think I yeah. have yours. Yeah, that was that one. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> he probably yeah, doesn't have them. Right. I think I have yeah. his. That thing is the yeah. shit. Yeah, that thing is amazing. Frost, yeah. thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. Frost, yeah. a hobby in the house. You sent me one. You have like anything that's like knotted up and really bothering you. You hammer it with that fucking thing, and then afterwards it's like ooh. One of my students made one of those out of a little drill or a gun. Yeah, sawzall. I think. Yeah, put a tennis ball or something. Yeah, like, that's wow. essentially what this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the same kind of motor that's going He's up like, and down. He's like, don't buy that. Yeah. Like, I got to make this thing for $30. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm good. Just going to just fucking leg off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys are doing camp, do you move down to California for the, what do you do, six or eight weeks? How many weeks are you doing? Uh, I, I do a lot. I do more than I probably should. But, I mean, I'd almost do camp before I get into camp kind of thing. Really? Like, I like to to get, get yourself in shape? Yeah, I like to be in shape when camp starts, you know? So always I, developing I would new say things. This camp, Dwayne came out, like, started coming out nine weeks before the fight, maybe ten, like yeah. nine. Yeah, it was a little extra, more than two months. Yeah, yeah. and but. he would do uh, three days. He'd come out, fly out, 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Or no, yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So be out here three days, back yeah. home four days. Yeah. Mm. Split in time. Yeah. yeah. But it worked out. Well. I, I, with that, I, I was able to find a, which I was already aware of. Slow down, motherfucker. Sorry, I get excited. You're <laughs> doing great. No problem. I got my notepad right People here. I just feel like I'm in the, the corners, yeah. folks. I'm going to tell you, but, uh, Dwayne's like, I got to talk slower today. Yeah. I'm going to talk slower. People always complain I talk too fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk slower. But uh, you get a lot of information in in that one minute of corner time. Yeah, you know what? That's <laughs> yes. what I talked about because that's, that's why I talk true. fast. Yeah. That's that, true. This is why I'm wired, why I talk fast. I got about 30 seconds to talk and relay information, which is also yeah. why I have the actual system and, and code all the, the, the drills and combinations so I can condense it, right? I right. don't want to say, jab, cross, cross, three. Yeah, like that for instance, box, you can right? get in the corner for my AC tomorrow fight. Tell me what to do, and I walk out there, and thirty seconds later, I knock him out. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, you know, like because yeah. you're able to get the information off, and there's yeah. a system to it. Yep, so, yeah. laying out mapping. There, there's there's routines and there's uh, patterns of success. You know, uh, there are high percentage drills and combinations that have been proven to be successful. Well, how about we just keep practicing those? Obviously, it's up to the athlete to find the timing, distance, and accuracy to pull them off. And but you have to believe. There they are. Yeah, you the got, part of the belief, you believe, right? In, you have, well, you have to believe in the system too. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be like. Like if I didn't believe exactly what Dwayne was telling me or that he can see it, that I know he can see it because he's good at it, like or why are you really going to go out there and, and do what yeah. he says? That's know? one thing I had with Boss too. Whenever he gave me information, I did not doubt it at all as I knew he's been there and done that. And it wasn't stuff that he felt he would do. It's stuff that he knew that I should yeah. do, right? And, mm. and I feel I understand TJ and I could give him the proper information for the proper time. But also I know when to sit back and let him flow as well, right? And, and when, to, when to chipe in and give him information. And he's really good about you know receiving information as a case in point, the first fight with Cody between the rounds. We had to drastically change things. And what we needed to change was just the timing of, of our attack. It's pretty simple. Mm. I, to me... Fighting is now, I, 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 don't, I don't think I know it all. I mean, I know I don't know it all, but it's all I know, and, and I know a lot, that's for sure. Mm. But uh, I was going back to earlier, traveling out here three days a week and back home four days. Again, I, I found a really good, fuck, slow down, motherfucker. You're doing Dr. great. One, uh, <laughs> was, uh, I found a good rhythm of us, as far as pulling off information, as far as the pads, the class, sparring, and so it's like we're layering it up, we're practicing it in class, now we're sparring with it, and then going back to what we need to work on. So I found a really good pyramid to, for TJ to retain or for anyone to retain the information. Kind of condensing it into three days, it's, it, was, it was really fun. It was, I look at it as, like a, as an experiment. What's the most optimal way for someone to perform and fight safe and effectively? I, it's fun. There's, I love this shit. There's a lot of people that want to go to these big giant super camps, and I know you know with Alpha Male you were in a big giant super camp. <clears throat> what you're doing now is very different, and that's this is something that obviously Stepe Miocic was yes. doing. There's a, a lot of other fighters that were doing that are doing where a lot of it is based around them. Mighty Mouse in particular. That's a, he's another one. I mean, there are un, un, unquestionably professional fighters around them, yeah. but it's not like. They're in a building with six other world champions, and there's a bunch of you know savages that are coming up that you know, and everybody's trying to kill each other. It's a it's a different it's a different setup. Like it's a lot of it is geared towards you. It, it, it is, and it's just the natural way it kind of have happened this time. Is this better? What is better? Is it better <sighs> to be in the doghouse with all the alpha male guys where it's all just animals trying to kill each other? Quality yes, over quantity. Yes, if it's if it's not for money. You know what I mean? When these big gyms turn into something that wants to make money, mm. then the real martial arts comes out of it. When you have coaches and people running it that are really going to not want to, like, I have a gym in the training lab. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have Steve Martin, yeah, a guy Steve's that's awesome. been, he's put his heart and soul into this thing to keep this building open because we're not making money. 
we're not we're not we're not we're not we don't have a it's pretty much private i teach a kids class and we do adult boot uh boot camp kind of things just to turn the lights on just so the bills are paid and then some sponsors here and there to pay the coaches like we're losing money and, and thank god that we have a guy like steve martin that's willing to see our dream that we want to build a team that is not based around money that it's a uh, um whatever money we end up making from the gym is going every dollar into the coaches. You know, like mm, I don't want to, I don't want to make money. I don't want that awkward relationship between me and Juan Archuleta that I'm making money off him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Cause then you get that weird business relationship right. rather than us just having a, a real relationship, like me wanting him to get better, him wanting me to get better, which I felt like maybe it used to kind of be that way at alpha male, but it's turned into a money thing to where it, I don't know, man, it wasn't like, there wasn't like, before we, before we got Dwayne, we had no coach. It was just us coaching each other kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, that's not usually the best thing. No, we were just beating each other. We were sparring four or five days a week. Really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I picked up stuff fast because of it. You know, like you had to learn how to fight. Right. Um, and I'm aggressive and I like that stuff, but it's not smart, you know? Right, in terms of like your overall wear health, and tear. Your uh, health. Longevity in the yeah, sport. Yeah, You know? Um, yeah, so I... I I've control. I, I've turned into a real professional athlete sport instead of it just going to the gym and going ham. Like I, I can go everywhere from my diet, everywhere from the way I work, the times I work out, my schedule, my recovery. Um, have, luckily, I'm having Dwayne that's able to to travel out with me. Um, I've built a I've built an awesome facility right now with Mark Munoz circling back around being a, a coach, Daryl Christian, Felipe De Monica, and all these guys. Like it's not money driven, so it's it's doing great right now. We're 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 awesome. We're, we're we're doing awesome. So. Yeah, he really does have a really good crew of people around him in in and all aspects. And this is in what, it's not your Belinda here there. We're in Anaheim. And oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when the UFC's in Anaheim, you're a hop, skip, and a jump away. Oh yeah, we're right there. I mean, even fighting in LA was nice. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. didn't have to fly nowhere. It was cool. Yeah. Fight in your backyard. Dan Lambert did did all this before anybody. I mean, Dan Lambert in terms of like throwing money at things and and putting American oh, top yeah, team together. Oh yeah, that's right. Top team. Yep. I mean, that guy. He he spent a fuckload of money. Mm -hmm. Put put fighters me. on salary and. And then recently built a giant place with dormitories and everything. Mm -hmm. You know that guy, if, out of all the people, he's a probably the pioneer of digging deep into his wallet and putting together a crazy gym setup like that. Yeah, but it's a di different kind of crew. Mm -hmm. You know, you go down there, then I mean, there are a, a ton of world champions. There's a ton of professional athletes, and you know, it's you're not necessarily going to get the singular specified training that you're getting right now. Yeah, for sure. And then, but we're also really so yeah. You could be really good, and we want you in our gym, but if you have the right personality as well, too. It's mm. not only about your skill to come and train with our gym and be a pro athlete there. We also got a vibe with us. You right. Know? Uh, if we don't have the vibe, then it's all egos are going to get involved, and the mm -hmm. gym's going to split up. This guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go there. So, How do you determine that? Do you get to know them first and then let them in the gym? Yeah, we always let everyone in to see how they're going. If they don't work out, then we tell them, like, hey, man, this isn't the spot for you. you know, we, don't, we don't have an open spot for you. You can see right. it, though, with, with the drills and the Dutch drills mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. the drilling in general, how caring somebody is, right? And right. Th there's, there's four rules I ask my guys to follow, and they're all rules that revolve around accountability. It's show up on time, get better, get tired, take care of your partner. You do those four simple things and we're good. It's pretty simple. Mm, those are very good rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 that sport that attracts people who are troubled. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, the you Ronins, know? the Misfits. Yeah, and then and it's a, good a for lot rehabbing. of people that have been abused that want to get people back. You yep. know, there's a lot of that. You remember a lot of when when I was younger, the more aggressive, meaner people, when you would find out more about them, you'd find out there was child abuse, dad used to beat him up, stepdad beat him up. There was always something that they were trying to get back at people for. Mm. 
I feel like sure. the sport is changing enough now that it's a very common thing that kids want to do, and so now you have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, kids with a good upbringing wanting to do it. Yeah, it's a challenging possible career yeah. now, and, and a fighter, you know, a young kid coming up sees someone like you, mm-hmm. and they go, okay, look at this guy. He's two-time world champion, mm-hmm. super respectful, articulate, real friendly, doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. Likes, you know, shaking hands and taking pictures and being around people. Oh, mm. you don't have to be an asshole. <laughs> like, you don't have to be yeah. some brooding asshole. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you'll get paid for it more of these days, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, right? Yeah. You, you get paid more for being a complete asshole, you know. And make if you don't mind making a fool of yourself, then right. you'll get paid more, you know. But, well, like Colby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Col- to I mean, the extreme to where, like, what? Come on. Dude. Colby's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's funny, man. Yeah, when he yeah. actually went to the fucking White House and put the, the, <laughs> the thing on Donald Trump's desk, gave him the belt, I was like, that is hilarious. He actually did it. Yeah. You know what would really, really be funny? If it turned out this whole time he was a Democrat. And this is all just a big act. <laughs> really, super pro gay rights. And so, if it would have been a, Demi- if it been a, women's a Democrat rights. in the uh, office, he'd be a Democrat. And then, yeah. Whoever's in the office, it's who he's going to Well, be. he's just doing it only specifically just for promotion. Yeah. Him and Tyron Woodley's going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. I, so, you know the, the videos on the internet, the one uh, black dude that says, I'm Tyrone, and, and fuck this, or fuck that, whatever. You know, you know the, no. the internet guy? Oh, they're hilarious. Can you pull up one of those videos of Tyrone? They're so funny. You, he just, how would you it, search? it would have been funny. Oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, you got to explain what the fuck you're talking about. So, fuck Tyrone. He's hilarious, right? Watch it, he'll pull one up. But uh, it would have been funny. Is No. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jamie? You do? But, Thank uh, goodness, because I have been no idea. Now. Okay, so watch this first. Watch one okay, of these. Give me some. I'll give you some. Hold on, go bring it from the beginning. This is a long compilation of it. Oh. He just like kind of walks around and bullies people, sort of. And that's how you make the videos. Kind of a joke. Is that but, is that him though? Yeah, yeah. That's not the regular Tyrone, huh? <laughs> This is another one. It's a different Tyrone. This is a different guy. Yeah, this is a different one. The the other ones, he's a different guy. Sure no, he'll do a, he'll go. I mean, you just type in Tyrone Black dude in the internet. I mean, you're gonna get a lot of videos. It's hilarious. Have to do but, so it would have been funny because if that, <laughs> that's not the best clip, because uh, if he would have won the belt, or no, he won the belt right. I'm Tyrone, and this is my motherfucking belt. So if you watch these videos in, in an actual good video of the Tyrone, and if yeah. Tyrone would do that in the cage, I was, I was, I've been thinking about this for a while. That should have been so fucking funny. <laughs> But it's not funny. You don't know the damn videos. Yeah. Shit, Jamie, pull mm. that up. <laughs> like that. That's it. It's I just... watched the Rogan show. That was the guy. You lied. I didn't mean to steal your line, Mr. Uh, Rogan. Sorry, sir. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he, he was almost after he won. Like, like nothing happened. Yeah. Well, well he he just he I'll knew, fight right? By UFC wants me to fight. But yeah. This is weird. You know, is this another that's, one? That's him. Is it the same guy? Yeah. yeah. This is one where he gets beat up for saying he's gonna oh, fuck really? somebody's wife or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Tom Rowe. Here it is. And fuck this Luke Kane looking motherfucker. I'm here to fuck your wife. Long dick stop. What you looking at him for? Fucking serious? Huh? What's up? What's up? You wanna make a move? What's up? Well, do something. What's up? Do something. Well, I ain't scared. I'm Tom Rowe. Yo. And fuck these guys. What happened to that one? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't make the video. Wife, oh. This <laughs> is like terrible editing. Who just does funny shit, right? But it's, it seems like he's just mean and stealing. I don't think yeah. that's funny, Dwayne. No, no, they're funny. They're funny. <laughs> he's a mean well, stealer. Oh shit. Okay, let's all right, kill this. Not as funny this. as I thought. I Sorry, guys. Funny. <laughs> shit. It seems like a bad sketch. 
Some of them, anyway, maybe they're funny Tyron on the spaceship. Woodley is not that guy. No, he's not. <laughs> Although but it if he funny. was, it would probably sell more tickets. Yeah, for that's sure. Probably. Yeah. yeah. See, that's where it tied in from like the yeah. cold beer approach. He's like super calm and respectful after. Yeah. It's hard to believe he was just in a cage fight. Yeah. Dude, he shut all that Darren Till hype up quick. I knew he was going to win. I would like to talk to Did Tyrone you? or Duke and see if... Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Uh, and because how he caught him, because Darren Till, I made a video about this, how Darren Till typically likes to faint and pump and get the guy backing up, get them out of position, and then land the cross, from, you know, from open stance from southpaw. And there is a, a slight delay between those two to three punches that he throws and I'm wondering if Tyrone did his research and seen Tyron. that Tyron is he say Tyron not Tyrone it's not Tyrone the damn, Ty, Mr. Woodley right it's yeah. Tyron Woodley Tyron Tyron I say Ty, Tyron there's no so e. that, now the joke wouldn't have been as funny Tyron so that's <laughs> why you're saying <laughs> Tyron I'm not wondering if you he, if he, if he read that from watching the videos previously and seen that little gap in the in his combinations was able to beat him to yeah. the punch or if he just duck and chucked I'm curious to see if that was uh, something that they trained and, and sought out or because that takes balls right he's coming in with his Strongest punch is cross that he's knocked many people out with, and he just stepped into it and beat him to the punch. That, that well, takes balls. Tyron, that's his, he always does that strategy of standing against the fence or close mm -hmm. to the fence, and then when guys move in, he counters. Yes. I mean, he did that with Josh Koscheck. He's done that with a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. And Rory McDonald was the only guy to shut that down. He figured yes. out a way to shut it down. He stayed long. Um, stayed long. Mm -hmm. Used a lot of front kicks, a lot mm -hmm. of jabs, kept, kept his uh, left hand up high. To block uh, the right hand, you know, yeah. the big right hand. But, man, Tyron's just faster than him, way faster and, than yeah, him. Yeah, close distance close that so distance, quick. Like lightning, landed that right hand, beat the shit out of him on the ground. It was just shocking to me that Darren didn't know what to do when he was on his back. Like in terms of like that's how I, that's how I thought the fight was gonna go like him just be on top of him the whole fight mm -hmm. I thought Tyron's just gonna Tyron's gonna wrestle him and be on top you know well I thought maybe that was part of the strategy too especially when you saw them warming up because Tyron was doing like a lot of like exchanges and then shoots for a double or closes the distance level changes like they did that when uh, he was working with um, uh, boxing coaches as well he would hit the, hit the mitts and then move yeah. in level change blend it together. But I was just um, like Till didn't understand that Darce was coming or didn't know. But then you got to wonder how battered was he? Mm. Took that big shot, took a lot of hard elbows on the ground. How much was he really there? Yeah, that's the beauty. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say because that Darce was a mile away. Mm. I mean, yeah. it was there, and then it was there, and then he cinched it up deep. It was never like there was never any separation. Yeah. Never pulling the hands back. There was I think Tyron's a lot stronger than him too, able to hold him in that current like, <laughs> he hold that position. Yeah. You know. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a beast. The reason why he's the champion. But I think that's the, well, the way I choose to look at it anyway is having a checklist, right? If you were to build up a mixed martial artist, how much information should they know standing, wrestling, and then on the ground? Mm. And they should just check, 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 and know all these basics should be covered before you go fight. Yeah. That's the beauty, beauty of having a curriculum and, again, a checklist. No, I absolutely agree with you. I think, you know, understand it. I mean, the days of just like being able to just fight someone mm -hmm. and not know anything about them, that seems kind of foolish. Yep. Like, it seems like a massive advantage to study. Like when Cowboy fought Darren Till, he decided to not watch any tape on him. He's like, you know, here's the striker. Good. I love the strike. Mm -hmm. like, Oof. Okay. Maybe might want to watch this striker. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I'll watch tape in the beginning with mm -hmm. Dwayne. But then I kind of let him continue from there, you know, mm. and I trust his judgment right. on everything. Right. Um, and then when I'm out of fight camp, because sometimes when you watch uh, tape in fight camp, like it can mess with people's heads, you know, like maybe maybe Cowboy's getting too nervous, and then when he's it gives him anxiety to watch the fight, right. you know. Right, so you right. need to have a, if that's the case, 
you know, have a coach that's willing to, that you trust to do that for you. That's a good point. You know? Because, I mean, dude, it's a mental, this fucking sport's a mental mind fuck, man. Yeah. You know? Of course. And whatever works the best for you is that what you got to figure out. But is it better for you to fight someone like Cody that you have all this animosity and beef towards and all this shit talking because you get super hyped up and motivated every day? Or is it better to fight someone who you have a lot of respect for who is just a good challenge? I think uh, you got to learn to div- like to be the same person for every fight. Mm. You know, I think it's like control those uh, emotions, you know, even right. though there was all that coming in, like I'm nervous to fight, you know, like forget all the <laughs> bullshit, you know, and I had to learn that through my career. I had to learn to take emotion out of it. I mean, even in sparring still, you know, like Dwayne's always told me control my emotion, uh, controlled aggression, you know, because mm. you hit me, I want to hit you back. I'm, I'm very right. competitive. You right. Know? So it's something you have to learn how to control. And I've had to do that throughout my career. Um, and, I think everyone has to learn to control either to let go or to pull back, you know, like really control that emotion to be the same person every fight, you know, um, mentally, mentally, not the same person every fight, but mentally like in your own head, the same person, but technically need to be able to switch it up. That the mental aspect of it is probably the thing that holds more people back than anything. Like we all know of guys that are just monsters in the gym Mm -hmm. and for whatever it was when they would go to compete, they just could never be, their full self yeah tj does better in the cage yeah than he does in the gym yeah yeah i was i was i did better in the in the gym than in the cage yeah. what do you think it is that makes you do better i love it i don't know I and mean, i've just taught myself to love this shit like i'm i'm a, i don't know when i get out there it's just like i want to be there you know like i know everyone's nervous and like they're like it's the highest highs but i used to be so nervous that i forget like what happened in the fight you know but throughout my career i think after the mike easton fights when i really started to like hone in or during the Mike Easton fight is when I really started to hone in and have fun and uh, just realize, like, fuck this shit, man. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Are you going to mm. get knocked out? Go right. for it. You know, have Where some fun. Where is Mike Easton? I don't know. I don't guy know. hasn't been around question. for a while. Yeah, I'm not really sure. There's a possible super fight with you and Henry Cejudo Hell that's yeah. being talked about. Hell yeah. Would you fight him at 125? 25s. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want no excuses that I'm the bigger man. And well, he probably is bigger than you, quite honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, he 20, struggles to get to 30 or from uh, to down to 25. I mean, 25. He's way over 35. Especially with the coach I have now, Sam Calvita. It's like when I, I was told I was going to fight um, Demetrius Johnson the summer before I fought Cody the first time because Cody had to pull out because of his back. Within three weeks of time, I got down to waking up to 140 pounds by changing my the way I'm working out, changing my calories, changing my macronutrients, and uh, my supplement, like just going full bore. Like I was able to start waking up in the morning 140 pounds within three weeks. And so right now you're about 10 plus pounds heavier than that. Mm-hmm. And how much time would you need? Like if they said, "Hey, December 31st, New Year's Eve, super fight." Yeah, my coach. My coach always wants like the like. Actual, like he told me, like before after my last fight. I mean, he's 16 weeks, but I mean, obviously, we could do it a lot faster. I could have made 25s this last fight um, with how really? much water I had. I mean, the, the the hydration that he's got me going on when I get close to a fight too is it's the easiest. I, I don't do I don't do, do baths anymore. Like I to make weight, I walked on the treadmill with plastics for how long? Mm, the day of, I'd say. 30 minutes. I sat in the sauna a little bit. And then so you're walked. only losing like four or five pounds most, right? Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, probably like three or four or five pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a massive benefit to you in terms of your conditioning. Oh, huge. You didn't have fluid on your brain. Yeah. Uh, your, your cardio. Yeah. Um, your muscular contraction and endurance. I mean, everything. I mean, when you deplete yourself like that, like you're talking about Darren Till maybe cutting too much mm-hmm. weight, that could definitely be a possibility. You know? For sure. I mean, he's huge. Mm-hmm. Till's a big guy yeah. to get yeah. down to 170. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that is the – it's the, the, trying to find the right balance where you're big for the weight class, but you're not diminishing yourself really drastically to get down yeah. to your weight class. And the Henry Cejudo thing also entertains me so much because he's a gold medalist. You know, he wants, right. to, he wants to claim himself as the greatest combat athlete ever. I'm a UFC champion. I'm a gold medalist. Like, I'll yeah. go out there and beat you in wrestling. MMA wrestling is completely different. I'm the better athlete. I'm gonna, I could beat him anywhere. I know I can watch him fight. Um, so I, that's what I'm very excited about. I think it's the greatest thing for my name right now. Um, I, I'm very, it, it excites me a lot. It excites me a lot too, to be able to show the science behind not only myself, but my coach and, and, and Dwayne in the system, like everything, like I'm, I'm all in dude, whatever yeah. we're doing, I'm a hundred percent in, I don't take any shortcuts. And, uh, I want to show that I want to show that I can make 25s and be the, my best ever as well. Now, Demetrius is injured. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He's he's out for a little while. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why the talk of this super fight is coming up. Yeah. Like it is. Demetrius going to need a few months. So you can't have an immediate rematch. Mm -hmm. So perfect. Have they talked to you about it? Proposed. You know, there's been some, there's nothing been like serious, but there's mm -hmm. been like uh, hints and like we did our media tour together and they put us on camera together and had mm -hmm. us talk shit to each other. Oh, and, nice. I mean, they didn't like. They didn't say that, you know what I mean? Because everything's real. Everything we right. do is real. But it's like, oh shit, this is what you guys want, right? You know, and like, you really think you can beat me? Then fuck you, man. Let's do this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's where I get my motivation from. From fighting is is not the anger, not it's it's the the competition. And does he want to go to thirty five? Is that he told me face to face he's willing to do it at twenty fives. Twenty five. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's what he yeah. first said after the fight. Is like he wanted to, he wanted to. The super fight, right? right? That's what he, his idea is. So he said, "Come up to 35s." So I told him, I "Was like, look, if we're doing this. I'm coming to 25s." So I have no problem with that. He's, uh -huh. he's got more street credit to drop a division, street to credit? change a division. <laughs> it's DJ, right? So. Hell yeah, yeah, it gives you more street credit for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, it certainly and no does excuses of the, the title. bigger man. I don't want him right. to come to 35s and me whip his ass and be like, "Oh, well, he's because he's a 35 pounder." He's a 35 pounder yeah, too. Yeah, I'll whip your ass. We do I mean, he, he's a huge 125er. Mm. He really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you take out the weight cutting. There's not much difference between you two guys. Yeah. And when you other than how much better I. I am. Oh, no shit. <laughs> oh, shit. But uh, that's true. Ooh, Henry, yeah. hang on. <laughs> um, but when you saw him and Demetrius together, I mean, he's a much bigger person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. thick. Yeah. 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 He, how much weight does he lose? Who's that? Cejudo? Yeah, Cejudo. I, I don't know. No, good question. He's got to be in the 50s. When he they, shows up to fight week, he looks like he's cutting weight already, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when I show up to fight week, I haven't even really started yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for your your pace and your endurance, that's got to be a big benefit to know that your body's 100% healthy going mm -hmm. in there in terms of, like, not being dehydrated. And there's so many guys, you see them on the day of the weigh-in, you go, I don't know how the fuck you're going to fight in 24 hours. And I think head trauma is a lot more pre prevalent when you're dehydrated. Like, going through <clears throat> camp, like, I've known some guys that have cut a lot of weight, and it's already have hindered their careers, mm. you know, because you're having those all-out spars. I mean, you're going... You have to go as hard as you can in, in sparring when you're ready for a fight. Like you're going for your timing, you're going for your fighting, right? I mean, you don't do it all the time. There's there's times to so do it. So when you're sparring, you're sparring like a fight. For the most part, I mean, I'm not larger gloves or yeah. Uh, no. Well, we've been doing smaller gloves now sparring too. But those those puffies that I have, mm -hmm. they are. Uh, I feel like as padded as my 16s. I, it depends where that. it depends yeah. where they put the the, the padding. The padding mm -hmm. on the knuckles. It, I mean, it's thicker, hammer, if not thicker than yeah. 16. Which uh, company's gloves do you use for that? Sanibal. Sanibal. Oh, yeah. Sanibal. Yeah. So, the one you have. Where, where's that from? Um, well, their office is in New York, but the guy, the owner, is living out here in uh, California. Is that a new company? Um, it's been around. It's fresh. It's somewhat new. Yeah, it's not brand new. I think they've been around since 14. Mm -hmm. 2014. But yeah, I make great stuff. I mean, they have their, their puffy sparring gloves are awesome to be able to get uh, 
to get real rounds in. Because when mm-hmm. I grapple, I can't I can't right. do full MMA rounds with big puffy gloves on. With you know? boxing gloves. Yeah, right. with boxing but gloves. But with those, on. they're puffy around the knuckles, but mm-hmm. you can still grip with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. still grip with them. You got everything. I mean, the only thing that's different is like the padding on your, uh, like for like hammer, you don't throw them, but like hammer right. fist or your thumb. You got to be careful with your thumb. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be accurate with your punches. Right. And um, with does it fuck with you if you're working submissions with the extra padding on the knuckles? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, rear naked chokes are harder to get the hand behind mm-hmm. the head. And guys guys can get out of submissions easier because the, they can grab more of the glove, even right. though they're not supposed to. Can, can I say something real quick? Because uh, uh, TJ was saying, uh, you know, he spars hard sometimes, right? So I try to have my guys. If you know what I'm saying, so uh, sparring yeah. hard because you do have to spar hard, but we would have him do that once a week. But we do a whole bunch of sparring drills throughout the yeah. week as well to get better technically, understand the distance and the timing. But you do need to spar hard, but it's not like you're hurting the guy if he's rocked or whatever, you're not, you're not going to knock him out, but you're throwing with, with good force too because you do have to experience that for sure. Right. If, you, but, if he's uh, rocked, you just hit him to the body, yeah, you know, <laughs> for, correct, no, for sure. Yeah, if, if you rock him, then you know, hurt him to the body. And this is one thing I'll say you get hit, hurt to the body, and, you know, work out of that as well. Don't yeah. don't take a knee, yeah. But I uh, wanted to make sure that was clear because that's one of the things I feel I've been able to do is dissect the chaos of a fight and slowly manipulate it so we can actually understand the layers and get better at it. And mm. that helped a lot with the actual drilling and sparring drilling and the sparring and then the fight itself. So understand that latter process. Have you ever found any core drills or ab drills that allow you to absorb punches or kicks better? Is there anything that you've shown that have you ever figured out? That, I don't know if really it helps, does? but we do it. I mean, we have our coach throws medicine balls against what like we're doing motion movements mm-hmm. or doing on a bouncing on a tire or doing almost like a burpee motion or something, getting back to your feet and slamming like a big medicine ball into your stomach. I mean, I think, I just think the impact without hurting yourself is, is going to help ultimately. And then just having a stronger core in general. I think, I think core is by far the most important in MMA and jujitsu and, and grappling is your core strength is how strong your core is. Is like, cause I can go and lift weights and this guy's going to be way stronger than me doing bench or doing uh, deadlifts, whatever it may be. But we get on the mat and he's like, dude, how the fuck are you so strong? I think it's all core. It certainly has a lot to do with uh, kicking power. Yes, yeah, it's, a, it's so much of it. It's yeah. not just the legs. It's the ability to whip the, sh- the hips into it. All this. <clears throat> that's all your core. And your cardio. It controls your breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think, I really I believe core is everything. What kind of exercises are you doing for that? <sighs> this is endless. I mean, a lot of medicine ball stuff. Are um, you doing different things with uh, Mr. Calavita yeah. that you're doing before? Yes. Yeah, completely. Um, actually, this shit's crazy. Yeah? <laughs> it's straight up crazy, man. Like, I've, like... The first time I showed up, like, I knew it was going to be hard. Like, everyone was telling me, like, oh, he's, like, you go hard. And, like, I've never gone a hard, as hard as this guy pushes me ever in my life from the, all the years of me practicing or competing. But it, it, you can only do it so many times. Mm-hmm. You can't do it all the time. And he knows when, to, when the next practice should be easier or when we're going to have those days where I'm for sure going to throw up. Right. You know, or, w- like, what days I'm pushing the sled up the hill. Uh, we do a lot of um, cycling now. I mean, I'm on the bike constantly, but it's not only – for low base, it's certain power intervals. Are you doing distance, like actual bike on the road? Or? Yeah, I do that too. Um, so if I, if I fight 25s, I'll be doing a lot of road work, mm-hmm. um, running, swimming. So I'm pretty much a try To make 25s, I'll be a triathlete as well. Really? I'll be doing some Cameron Haynes shit. Well, I won't be running that <laughs> far, but I'll be trying to act like Cameron Haynes um, to get smaller. But, uh, 
Yeah, so like the, I think the bike work does a lot for our core as well too, because your core is not only your stomach. You know, mm-hmm. your core is from your hamstrings up to your back throughout your core, throughout your stomach. It's mm-hmm. it, it controls a lot. You know, so even even doing the bike work is, is a lot of core work as well too. Yeah, people don't realize that sometimes when you have lower back pain, it's because your hamstrings are too tight. Yep. You tell them that, and like what? Yeah. And then they learn how to stretch out their hamstrings, and like, yeah, my back feels better. Like, yeah. Ah. Yep. That's what yoga is all about, man. Hell yeah, we do we do yoga. I mean everything. I mean there's there's so much behind what we have to do. And how long has this guy been doing this? So Mark Munoz was his first um, project in MMA. He wrestled, so he was a wrestler. Wrestled, um, um, always been around wrestling. Always helped Mark with his um, wrestling camps. Um, his kids wrestle. He's got that wrestling mentality. Um, but then he's just a genius as well. Mm. And so his first project was Mark Munoz when he was making weight and looking shredded. Um, the Tim Boach fight, things mm-hmm. like that. That was um, when he first started helping out. So that's why it's called the training lab as well, spelled with rain in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because he was attached to Mark Munoz's gym and helping him out. And Mark Munoz's gym, for people who don't know, was called Rain. Yes, Rain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, that's funny. It's come full circle. I mean, Mark Munoz is the one that talked me into fighting. He was my coach at Cal State Fullerton Wrestling. Um, and he was in the UFC at the time. He was my assistant coach. After I graduated college, like, all bummed out. I didn't do, like, what I should have. And so I didn't feel like I was done competing. I started following Mark around and doing jiu-jitsu and all this shit. And I was actually enrolled in grad school at the same time to become a physician's assistant. He pretty much talked me into dropping out of school and giving fighting a chance because he thought I'd be good at it. And now it's come full circle, and now he's our coach again. Wow. Know? Yeah. He's got some awesome MMA flow drills, Mark yeah. Munoz. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been good. He's got to, uh, wrestling for MMA. Yeah, like, you can't just be like a nice, awesome wrestler and come in and teach MMA Agreed. wrestling. You know, you got to know how to punch. You got to know the jujitsu aspects of it. Um, MMA wrestling is its own sport. Yeah, well, it's certainly there's certainly rules that you have to follow that you don't have to follow in regular wrestling. Yeah. Things, you know, there. That's the, the case with jujitsu as well. It certainly yes, n- helps to learn jujitsu. One of the things I don't know if you guys are paying attention to, but Eddie Bravo came up with a thing called combat jujitsu, which is mm-hmm. sort of an intermediary step between regular jujitsu and MMA. And it's basically jujitsu with bitch slaps, mm-hmm. pancreas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But some of those bitch slaps, like, like stop with the palms. Palm oh, yeah. 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 Well, Boss figured out how to yes, do sir. it. Yeah. He figured out how to pull his hands way back, and he was basically <laughs> punching you with his palm, where you could hit anybody anywhere. You yeah. could hit him in the forehead. You never, you don't have to worry about your knuckles. I feel like that's harder than my MMA glove. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, you could really put a beating yeah. on somebody with Boss your palms. Boss is an innovator for sure. He's yeah. always thinking. He taught me how to think. How to be open-minded and figure stuff out. Mm. Yeah, so here it is. This is combat. This is combat jujitsu. That's a guy on the ground, I think. I hope. But see, now is that's it? one of the things too. Like how uh, Donahue was saying. <laughs> this is otherwise. This is a fucked the, up that, one that's to pick where, up, Jamie. Uh, that's, that's where the, the whole ankle, the, ankle see, attack in the leg situation changes when it's an actual fight and you have yeah. punches, right? Yeah, different. You yeah, want to watch attacking those legs. I mean, you you open up things yep. the same way you would open up things with punches. You know, there it is. Bam. Is that one of my affiliate students from Montana with the blonde hair? Wagner Roach has stopped uh, quite a few people. Well, he stopped at least one person with just the slaps, but he's used those slaps. <laughs> you know, and Wagner has uh, he's got a big okay. advantage in being a high-level MMA fighter as well heading into this. But they're, um, the idea behind it was created by Eddie because he wanted to make it just a little bit more realistic on the ground, nice. just add this other element to it. Because there's times where guys are going for leg locks, yes. and you know your your face is wide open, you're yep. committing both your arms to the person's leg, and that person's in a exactly. position where they can just smash your Thank face. You. Mm-hmm. And if you're used to that in the jiu-jitsu gym where a guy can't punch you, and you just think you're safe, and you always practice in yes. that way, Thank you. combat's 
jujitsu is a real wake up call when you're just getting fucking hammered in the head. <laughs> it's like uh, the, our jujitsu instructor at our academy, Sam Coots, he teaches jujitsu for self defense. And then he mm. asks you, if you want to compete in jujitsu, then he teaches you different jujitsu. He wants to figure out, find out why did you come here? Like, mm. what your, you want to get right. better? You want self defense? You want to compete? Because there's a different way you have to approach things for sure. Which is why TJ can be on the same mat with regular students in my gym because. He's doing slightly of a different drill and combination with more contact than mm -hmm. the average person, you know? So you'll get out what you put in. And in your academy, do you have everything there? Do you have submission instruction, wrestling, or do you go different places for your jiu-jitsu? How do you do it? Uh, the only thing I do um, not at my gym is my jiu-jitsu. I go to Gracie Baja in Irvine with uh, Felipe de Monica. Great spot. Yeah, yeah man. He's he's a straight-up ninja. Man, he, he knows jiu-jitsu for MMA, just like you were saying. Mark mm -hmm. Munoz wrestling for MMA, and I feel like I have striking for MMA. Man, he, TJ has a really good camp around him. Yeah. I, I would have liked to be in his position now with the understanding of Mark. Martial arts. I'm not gonna hijack the podcast. Sorry, no, you're uh, good. dude. No, I'm good. just so happy for him. Right? <laughs> Stop <laughs> yeah. Well, it's his time, right? I, I need him to no, shut the hell up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this like, is. Right. I mean, like I told him the other day, we were texting about like, damn, you were meant for this shit. Send me yeah. a sick ass video. It's like, dude, this is our journey, though. You know, yeah. like this is. I'm not doing this shit alone. If I was doing it alone, it'd be a lot harder. I'm not saying I couldn't do it, but I, w I don't. I wouldn't be to this level. I wouldn't be who I am. I told him this is our journey. You know, I mean, that's why this shit works because yeah. yeah. I don't have a bigger ego. I'm not like. Whatever, you know, like, me and Dwayne really see eye to eye. And I want him to be now. the best. Yeah, I love he's this family guy. Now, so. But it's, it's so critical, the relationship that you guys have, because I think it's, there's, there's, he can add so much in terms of what he understands and your acceptance of him and yeah. your appreciation of him allows you guys to like fully integrate to this one project of TJ Dillashaw world champion, like mm. making you the best you can be. Mm -hmm. If there was any sort of conflict or you got to be number one or you don't want to listen to him, I'm going to do what I want to do today. Like that shit happens yep. all the time with coaches and fighters yeah. and fighters. And then sometimes you don't hear about it until after the fight and you're like, what happened? Like, I got to tell you, man, he wouldn't show up for training. He was yeah. this and that. Mm -hmm. He's got this new girlfriend. She's pregnant. That's why I'm all in because TJ's all in. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a, a, a vast stable of fighters. I have a few guys that float through my place, right? Mm -hmm. I work with them a little bit here and there, but TJ's all in, so I'm, I'm all in. Now, one of the benefits of being in Colorado was the altitude. Are you, you don't think so? Mm -mm. No. It depends where you fight. What do you think? Because you can train a lot harder at sea level. Your body mm -hmm. gets a little more dense. Like the oxygen and your recovery at sea level is way better i mean when i first started going up to colorado and training at altitude i felt like my body wasn't recovering i was i felt older man um because yeah. the lack of air up there yeah i think the lack of of rebuilding myself you know mm. we do altitude training we do altitude it's called alto lab something i breathe into at certain times certain time lengths um different, like different intervals throughout the um throughout training camp um Instead of living and, and breathing altitude, mm. I'd rather get the recovery and the hard training from sea level and then use the altitude to get in that hypoxic state. So the reason why less oxygen in the air, you create more red blood cells. And the more red blood cells you have, the more oxygen you transport. And so they're thinking if you go down to sea level, you're going to have more oxygen to transport. But your body hasn't able to train as hard and recover mm. as it can at sea level. And then use the hypoxic state by breathing in this machine to get the red blood cell production. Okay. So you can so get the benefits of sense. altitude right. without having to live there. What I had heard is that the best move was to train at sea level, but live at, at altitude. I don't think the re I mean, I don't think your recovery is good enough. What about those? From what my what, coaches told me, you know, well, so. it makes sense. Yeah. It's been, it's <laughs> making sense. Yeah. What do you think about those tents where like people sleep in those tents? 
I've, I've tried one. Um, I feel it's hard to sleep. Yeah. So if Why? you, cause you're pumping it up. So it gets hot in there for one. Plus you start thinking like that scene in psycho with the fucking in the shower. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're surrounded by shower curtains. Just have nightmares and shit every day. But no, uh, it, it's when you're when you're not breathing as much oxygen, it's it's just you don't feel recovered and you don't mm-hmm. get a restful night's sleep. I see. You know? I see. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now that totally makes sense. Yeah, you definitely feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it totally makes sense that you would be able to train harder at sea level. Mm-hmm. You can push your body to that f- super far extreme that you wouldn't be able to get there um, at altitude. But if it's, you live at altitude for a few years, doesn't your body totally normalize to that? Yeah, but then I'm but I'll be fighting at sea level. Right. You know, I, I don't. I, you don't know. For, yeah, I don't yeah. know enough behind it. That's just what I was told. I kn- I knew no matter where I'd fight. Sorry, Ninja. Yeah, yeah you're good. I knew no matter where I fought that I would always be ready to go because I was born and raised in Colorado, so mm-hmm. I didn't care where I was. And one of my goals was to get tired because I knew if I was tired, that that motherfucker was dead tired. So let's go. Mm. Guys like Calavita make my head hurt. Dude, oh, he's thinking awesome. About, but I'm, thinking about all these different things that he's got you going and thinking about all his. The, the planning that must be involved. It's a full-time job. Camps. It's a straight-up full-time job. Like, even, like, the juicing I do every day. I mean, if I if he didn't do my meal prep, it'd be impossible, unless, obviously, my wife was doing it all. Um, but it'd be impossible to get all that done. You know, they're doing – it's it's so much. And yeah. how many athletes is he working with? It's a pretty small group. I mean, and it's growing now because, obviously, the name is growing and more athletes that we're Are getting still along doing with. it at his garage? Yeah, it's called the garage. We do it at the gym as well, too, but there's a small group of guys that still go to his garage and, and do it there. It's kind of like our, our varsity team, I guess you would mm-hmm. say, you know. Um, once, you, once you've proved yourself enough in the gym, you can get uh, – with that's which has happened. Guys have come to our gym. They've worked out with us. We've got along with them. They become, like – you know, family, and then we bring him into the garage. Um, so I'd say he's got see, Cub, Juan, Aaron Pico, Syed, um, Spike. I don't know. I'd say we're probably got like eight, nine guys that will come to his garage and work out. Well, that's a great group right there. Just having Aaron Pico with you, that's got to help. That's future world savage. champion without a doubt. For sure, he's a savage. Not only like how good he is technically, but mentally too. Like, do that fools. I'm competitive. I go hard. Yeah. And he's to the, another extreme. Like, really, dude, it's <laughs> we do this like hand pedaler for distance at the garage. We're on a down uh, um, a decline, so we're downhill, and we're doing this hand pedaler for distance and how far we can. Who gets to, who gets to a mile first wins? And I thought he won the world title when he beat me. Just sort of like yeah, like yeah, like pretty much what I did to Cody, <laughs> like yelling in my face after the fight, you know, like or after the hand pedaler that he won. Wow, and he he's just he's very competitive. Um, he's very good technically. He's hungry. He takes no shortcuts. He's 21. He was 21 years old and wasn't taking any shortcuts. Mm. I didn't learn all this shit till I was 30, and he's already doing it now. And he's a world class wrestler, um, great boxer. He's working with Freddie Roach a lot. Um, he's good, man. He's really good. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a there's an actual real gift in losing his first fight. Yeah, I think there's a gift in that. You, he, you, you so learn- much hype behind him. Yeah. And he got cracked and submitted quick. He pretty much got finished as the worst you could possibly get. Worst. Yeah. Yeah. And his very first other fight. Other than a head kick. Head well, I, just, the I just mean, getting, you don't really recover very you, Not good only for did a you get knocked time. out, but you got submitted as well. Yeah. And you oh, did that's it, right. And you did it in front of Madison Square Garden on the main card for your first fight ever. So he experienced, experienced like the lowest lows for yeah. his first fight. So now it's like there's no going lower. Like everything's, uh, everything's 
skyrocketing now. And everybody was so hyped up yeah. about him. There was so much hype about him, which is deserved. But yeah. it mm -hmm. just shows you that everybody can get caught. Yeah. Anybody can get finished. And oh, yeah. that experience, I think, is so valuable for him. Yeah. I really do. And mm -hmm. that, that left hook that he landed in his last fight, holy shit. Last two fights, huh? Yeah, yeah two fights. Body. Two yeah. fights. Nasty. Murderous. His, Nasty he'll puncher. find that body shot every time I spar him. Jesus. Like, obviously, you got to get ready for it and you can feel it, but mm -hmm. he, he finds it every time. Oof. Yeah, you got to be ready. And then, Oof. like, you start worrying about the body shot and you're opening yourself up, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good, man. He's really good. That's one thing I feel Mr. Coker of Bellator does pretty well is gives people the proper fights to help build them up, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think Pico's first fight was a bad matchup. He just got caught. He got caught. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he, he got caught by a tough guy. guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, th I love Coker. I, yeah, I me like, too. I like what he's doing. And, you know, I'm supposed to be somehow or another in comp competition with Bellator. I say that's horseshit. I mean, I'm the one who got Jimmy Smith hired. I was trying to get him nice. hired years ago. I uh, And I love the fact that Big John's over there now and that, uh, you know, and that's that right. Goldie's over there too. Yeah. And Morrow, I love Morrow. And I just, there's it's a like lot of great fighters UFC. over there, man. I mean, I love the fact that Rory McDonald's over there, that he's a champ. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's one of the, if he's not the best welterweight in the world, it's him and Tyron. Mm. You know, I really think that. I really Tyron, think, I got to practice that name. Sorry, okay. Tyron. Just, just don't have an E on the end of yes, it. Yes, sir. I'm on it. <laughs> but if it's not, I mean, he's most certainly one of the best. Musasi, one of the best yes. 185ers in the world, if not the best. I mean, they have like legit claim to world class fighters now in at least two weight classes. They got the the banners, the fighter walkout. It's like uh -huh. old school UFC. I like it. Yep. I like it. I like um, you know that the fighters are having a good time over there. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid well. I don't hear any complaints. Yeah, I want it to grow, man. I really mm -hmm. want it to be. A well. I want it to be like right up there with the UFC. I would love it if it was a, a full rival like Pride was. Ah, yes, man. You I know? miss Pride. I left Pride. Oh, and then figure yeah. out a way to do like crossover fights. You could stay in. Yeah. Yeah. You could stay right, in Bellator, right. Bill Bellator as far as UFC is, and then have like this, like, oh yeah, we're fucking better. Well, kind look, of thing. man, those are big fights like Canelo yeah. and yeah. Triple G. Yeah. Yes. Look, if they had a Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor MMA style, mm -hmm. if there was like literally a guy's big, there were talks one, about that, right? Well, there were talks about that for Floyd and, and Conor, but I don't think it was real. Okay. What I mean is a guy who gets as big as Mayweather mm -hmm. has gotten in the UFC and a guy who gets as big as he got in MMA mm -hmm. with Bellator and then they have yeah. some giant Huge. ass fucking super fight there's enough for everybody yeah. I just think for the athletes it's better if there's choices yes. you know and it's it's good for you it's not just choices it's more competitive and when it's more competitive they try harder to do a good job for the athletes make it attractive to the athletes like if you're a football player you can get you can go to a bunch of different places to play, mm. right? But if you're a fighter, you got like two spots. You got Bellator and you got the UFC. It's mm. it's like there's two teams out there. Yeah. And I think that's unfortunate. I think mm. it'd be way better for fighters. I don't think that boxing is a clean system, and I think boxing definitely has its flaws in terms yeah. of like promotion and how yeah. fighters like are treated. Like why this, why this fight's happening again with Triple G and Canelo when it should have already been over? Like Triple G won that fight. Yeah, but that know? could happen in the UFC. Yeah, it does. Bad it's judging cold. happens yeah. all the time. There's mm -hmm. some no. fucking terrible judges yes, out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, We've experienced that. Fuck, it's crazy, mm -hmm. man. Yeah. It's crazy that no one's doing anything to fix it. There's people that have passed bad calls that should just be removed yeah so you don't understand professional yeah. high-level fighting there needs to be like a grading system Thank like you. If, if you see these judges and they can like, they've made like look this person's made like four bad yeah. choices right. four bad decisions right well, you're out i think yeah. they should go through a training course and yeah. be tested on it just like i test my students for the ranking in the system mm -hmm. right they should be able to go through this information and get better and, and under and pass the test or not judge the fight or let a fight go through and let some quality judges judge it and then test those results versus their results right, right. how do they judge it and compare those notes to see because we're dealing with people's careers and their livelihood and lots on the line with these people mm -hmm. aren't making the correct decisions 
from their lack of education that they could definitely get better at. So it's hopefully so... they start brewing. Sorry. Oh, no, please go. When they start pointing some old fighters and old um, maybe ex-fighters, retired fighters, as mm-hmm. far as being the judges. But then maybe there's some some uh, hold back on that from what would you think? Uh, Biased. Biased. Yeah. yeah. Biased. This totally that. that's possible. But I think you're better off with those fighters and their bias than someone who really doesn't understand the yes, sport. Yes, sir. Because they'll be afraid of being called out, too. If you, if you continue yeah. to, like, see their, their decisions they're making, like, they'll mm-hmm. be exactly. afraid to get called yeah. out for it. And, like you know, that. just don't have to them judge someone who they have a close relationship with. Yes, sir. Right? If, like, Frankie Edgar is fighting, you don't have Ricardo Almeida as a judge. Yes, oh, yeah. So, yeah, because he's a part of the commission. Yes. That's right. Yep. You know, even though I think Ricardo is awesome. Yeah, he great. is. The Hanzo but team. you need people that understand martial arts. And there's yes, a lot of the people that are judges that just have no background. Mm-hmm. Which to me is crazy. Agreed. It just doesn't make any sense. When Mm -hmm. it's not like there's a shortage of martial arts practitioners Mm -hmm. out there, there's millions of us. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Uh, We're out there. Yep. You could find us and you could get us to be judges. I'll judge some fights. Yeah. There you go, man. I mean, and and I think also, and we've said this before, I'll say it again, it should be more than three judges. There's no reason to limit Mm. it to three. All you need is two dummies and they ruin a fighter's career. You could, you could get. Bad luck and have two dummies out of three. Mm-hmm. That's not hard to do. Oh, yeah. Two people really don't understand the fight. Mm-hmm. You you need at least five, and I think we'd be fine with ten. I don't think there'd be anything wrong with having ten judges. That way, if you really got a five-five, that's a real draw. Mm-hmm. And I think real draws are real too. Mm-hmm. Like there's fights where like you go, Jesus, I don't know who won that fight. Mm-hmm. I got I'd have to go over that fight with a fine-tooth comb. Mm. And the difference, the distance between winning and losing is so close. I think you're, you're better off arguing for a draw in some fights. I don't I'm think there's it. any shame in that. Yeah. I agree. You know? 100%. I mean, if it actually was that close, like, why not it be, you know? Yeah, because there's some fights where the guy gets a decision or the girl gets a decision. And you're like, how? Mm-hmm. By who, but it's the, they both won. I mean, it's a fucking incredible fight. One person goes home a loser. Mm-hmm. The other person goes home a winner. And it's almost like flipping a coin. Overtime. When I used to lose fights, yeah. when I it's a lose, draw overtime. Glory does that still. I, I would just say I came in second place. I never actually uh. lost. <laughs> Try to ease it a little bit. Glory does still the one more round. That's right. Yeah, I'd be still awesome. do that. I feel like yep. that'd be cool yeah. as shit. That would be one. fucking wild. If you guys like, you're getting up there ready to get announced. Like, oh, I fucking won this one. You know, like. Oh fuck, we got another one round. More. All right, let's do this. Sweet, we have a split decision. You're saying yeah. like, oh Jesus, yeah. we have a majority draw. And you're like, oh no, one Please, more go. The audience would go nuts. Man. Hell yeah, if you had That'd that cool. only for championships. Yeah, oh, only like for championships. Yeah. One more round. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. People would start pounding on the ground. Yeah, and nice. Like, yeah, and it should be like a ten minute oh, round. It should be a ten minute round too. Oh. Pride style. Yeah, pride style ten minute round was awesome for mm-hmm. grapplers and the gloves yeah. too. Yeah. Pride the, gloves the are excellent, coats. right? Yeah. yeah, you think that's a big factor, right? The curve of the gloves? Yeah, and uh, my boxing coach, Trevor Whitman, is working on some kind of gloves that are eliminating uh, the eye poke situation. I'm not quite sure exactly what he's thinking, but he, if there's anybody to do that job, it's him. I love that dude. He's, he, is, he is why I'm as technical as I am, is from Trevor Whitman. He's you know, very detailed. I, one of the things that, yeah. that a lot of people were like, almost like wondering or down on him or trying to look for something to criticize was in Justin Gagey. Knocked out James Vick, mm-hmm. cracks him, yep. drops him, smashes him, stops him. Everyone is going crazy. And look at Trevor. Trevor just sitting there like this. No, he knows. Yeah, he I mean, knows. He, he what? He didn't jump up and scream. Yeah, he just had his arms crossed. And he's what? You see if you can find that. See if you can you find the video. It's, it. it's kind of not only did he, not only did he expect it, he was like quietly satisfied. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at that. He's like, mm-hmm. like a tyrant after his title. Just like mm? sort of. Just what yeah. I do. 
Woodley cried when he got his black belt. That was that? cool. Yeah. That cool. was crazy. Then Thomas, yeah. too. A, yeah. a fellow fighter like that. That's awesome. That's cool. I mean, that, that's like, direct lineage. Wow. That's cool. Like, that felt more to him than win- That's so crazy yeah. that that would feel more to him than, than defending his title. He's been world champ. He knows he's world yeah. champ. He's confident, you know? Without a doubt, one of the best yeah. welterweights of all time. For Without sure. a doubt. He's, I feel like there's three guys in the running. It's Matt Hughes, George St. Pierre, and him. He's just yeah. so athletic, man. So good. It's crazy how athletic he is. And with Din, with Dean in his corner, and with Duke Rufus, yeah. and just he's just coming into his own, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and people criticized him for the Damian Maya fight and the Wonderboy Thompson fight, but mm-hmm. because those fights be were boring, that's the way you have to fight those guys. Mm-hmm. Period. If you want to fight Wonderboy, you think you're going to go crazy and charge at him? Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Good Not a luck. good idea. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to eat mm-hmm. some knuckles. Yeah. So going back to the training method, you know, and that's one thing. I wonder how much time Duke is spending with him and and Dean is spending with him. Din. Din Thomas Din is spending with him and then taking that skill and testing it against all the other ATT guys. So I'm just wondering how much classwork he's doing versus one-on-one work and then how much live work he's getting with the crew. That's that a good question. I don't think they're doing too much work at ATT because ATT is where Colby is right now, oh, too. Oh, so where's he you know? where he's training at? I haven't well, seen he much. a lot of it at Duke Rufus. Okay, he's good. spent a lot of time with Duke, but I don't know exactly where he trained his whole camp. Nice. You know? Yeah, I have Pettis, questions. Pettis said he was at, uh, at Duke's. He was at Duke's, yeah. Nice. Good. Well, he looks fucking phenomenal. Duke's figured out a way to get him to really conserve his energy and manage it properly, too. Because we all know that when someone's that big and that, that much fast muscle, twitch. it's yeah. so hard to maintain endurance. But he hurt Wonderboy in the fourth round mm-hmm. of their fight, mm-hmm. you know, and hurt him bad. Like, he carries that knockout power deep, deep into the fight. So he's figured it out. He's figured out a way to manage his energy correctly. And if you see the countdown shows, too, he's doing a bunch of crazy strength and conditioning shit, too, mm-hmm. which I th- kind of think everybody has to do now, yes. right? Uh, that's Dude, it's a, it's, a, it's a real – we're going to ESPN. It's a real fucking sport, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't take shortcuts, man. This is a profession. Like I told you, my training schedule is a full-time job. It's hard for me to get anything else done when I'm in training camp. You know? Now, when you're not in training camp like now, you're out of camp, how many days a week are you working out? Um, lately – I've only been doing like my strength conditioning with Sam. So when I'm back in town a couple of times a week, um, I'm going to go back out to Colorado and I'll spinning every day at Dwayne's doing kickboxing. Um, I'll probably go to start going to Gracie Bajas and just, this is all fun. Like I'm doing, I'm doing the normal, I'll go to do normal class. Mm-hmm. Um, right now at Sam's, it's not like I'm peaking for a fight. So it's just maintaining my body and keeping certain things strong to prevent injury. Um, and then I'll go to Gracie Baja and I'll probably roll some ghee just to do it, you know, just mm-hmm. to kind of stay active. When you roll gi, do you grab the gi, or do you trust, just try to do no gi techniques? I need to get better at learning how to grab the gi. I just still do no gi techniques because yeah. that's what I've always do. You know, I um never did. I, I would never really use a gi. I, I hardly ever use a it's gi. It's not my favorite, but I wear it. Yeah, but I don't use it. Yeah, I just do no gi with the gi on, and mm-hmm. they can grab me. Yeah, but, but it, I just yeah. do no gi stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you got to go in there for fun. You can't go in there like expecting to be, yeah. be great because there's so much shit. If you don't know it, they're grabbing your belt, pulling you in certain directions. Oh, this is crazy shit that they yeah. do. They pull your your thing out, your lapels out. And yeah, try to the, choke you with it. Yeah, they'll <laughs> choke. Cho- they'll pull the back of your gi out and wrap it around your neck. Like, yeah. all right, settle yeah. down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for the gi competition as long as that's all legal that's great but i mean for someone learning um martial arts whether it's for self-defense or for me what i found about doing gi is it really improved my no gi submission defense because it was so easy to control me with the gi Mm -hmm. because if someone's grabbing your collar and grabbing your sleeve and they 
they bang they hold you down you have to get out of things technically like if mm. you get locked up in an arm bar you can't just explode mm. out of things you have to figure out a way to like slowly incrementally release yourself the right way and yeah. defend everything the right way because if you get too deep with all that friction with the you know that heavy canvas key they can lock you up you yeah. know oh, you yeah. have to be technical I in your defense i still don't really it makes care you too much more meticulous about your submissions like, yes. it does make you like hold yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Especially defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to compete in jiu-jitsu, then wear a gi. But if yeah. it's for self-defense, then I would actually train with no gi. Right? I say so, that, but if you're in New York and you're wearing a leather coat in yeah. the winter, dude, imagine <laughs> what Ronda Rousey could do to someone who had a winter coat on. Yeah, they're you're flying. getting Talk shit to her with a jean jacket on. Bitch, you're flying yeah. on your head. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, you are. Let's do that rolling with the typical clothes, though, right? Because yeah. that's going to be different than an actual well, gi, but even close a, enough. But it's enough to grab. Yes, I mean, sir. you know, like if you're grab. You could choke somebody out with a regular collared shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you grab a hold of, like, a regular dress shirt, and yeah. you get a hand in the lapel. That's a dead man. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, he doesn't even know it. Mm -hmm. Just get a hold of that collar and pull that fucker in. I mean, kind of like you were saying, like, changing who I am because of, of where I'm at in my life and my family now. Like, I wish I could train more outside of fight camp. I wish I had more time to get in the gym and train, but I'm, like, going everywhere, getting pulled in every direction, creating businesses to try to – Set up my future. You I know, know you're you got your seasoning business. I've used your seasoning. Yeah, flavor it's excellent. Yeah, flavor republic. Yeah. Did you come up with this on your own? So yes, I started it because of my new diet with Sam Calavita. You know, I had to eat super clean. I wanted uh, low sugar and I wanted something that um, was low sodium or no sodium so that when I'm cutting weight I can still use it. But we make our own sea salt, organic sea salt as well, so that we can add it to it when we want to, you know, so that I because I you need sodium. You need good mm -hmm. sodium. Yeah. Um but when I'm wanting to flush the water I don't I don't use it. So Yeah, you sent me over a bunch of stuff. It's great, man. Oh, thank I, you. I used a lot of it. Yeah. Thank season you. meat with it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just used it last night. I mean it's not like I'm actually used. I'm actually into the company and like it. You know, that's um, cool. Especially for wild game and things like that. It's cool, man. It's really, really fun. Do you uh, do you have a pellet grill? Do you cook with? One I of do. Those? I have a Traeger. Those things are the mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, they sent me one of those those bad those badass ones. It's, yeah, they uh, sent me one too. A Timberline. Yes, yeah. dude. You got the the oh. meat thermometer, everything with it. It's I love sweet. that thing. Yeah, I love. I cook on that the, thing. The almost taste every is night. the best too. Well, it's all wood. It's natural wood. For mm -hmm. people who don't know what a pellet grill is, and there's a bunch of companies that make real good ones. Uh, we have Outback. We have a Yoder that's really good. Uh, I had a Green Mountain Grill. That's a really good company. Yep. The Green Mountain Grills are very uh, affordable, too. And they come also with a built-in thermometer, just like the Traeger has. Yeah. What you do is you, you pour wood pellets. And these pellets are made, like if someone makes a table like this, the natural, the sawdust from the an actual table is they just compress it, mm. and the natural sugars in the sawdust force it to form into these little pellets, these like little tubular pellets, and you could snap them with your fingers, you know. But they they go through this worm drive onto a heating element, and it's just fire and wood. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. You're, you're you're cooking your food with fire and wood. I mean, it's all complicated and electronic and shit, and it's all sophisticated and engineered. But at the end of the day, the result is fire and wood and the food tastes like fire and wood yeah, yeah. it's Natural. fucking great that's why like they have different pellets for different tastes yeah. and you can taste the difference absolutely i love pellet grills yeah, man i'm cool, such, man. A, such a big fan it's such yeah. an easy way to cook too mm -hmm. and that that timberline just maintains its temperature perfectly you could start it with your phone yeah uh, you, oh, wow. yes. you can connect it to your phone so if you want to heat it up before you get home you can start heating it up Traeger so has technology. an app they have an app like i was going to cook lobster tails i'm like hmm, i don't cook lobster tails yeah. on Traeger. Go to the fucking app. Yeah. Oh, cool. It tells you it tells you what to have, what ingredients, how to do it, all of it on your phone. Mm -hmm. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. 
I'll get you one for the house. I'll take it. Okay. I have room. Thank okay. you, sir. So you Let's didn't get a you didn't get an elk tag this year. Oh man. Well, I I have a uh, I'm going with Chad Mendez uh, for rifle, but where are you guys my, going? Uh, Colorado. Oh, all right. I don't know exactly the area we're going. It's something set up through Fins and Feathers, his company. He has, he has a guide service yeah, called no, Fins and Feathers. Awesome. He's a, Dude, he's living the yeah. life, man. He is. He loves Like, he it. even told after his last fight, he's like, I'm not fighting the, until next year. You know, it's hunting season, my business. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. he loves it, good. man. He's he's awesome. He's good a good dude. Yeah. It was um, nice to see him come back and come back with a beautiful yeah, knockout. Yeah. That good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still one of my very close friends. And so we're doing a hunt here. Uh, in end of October to for rifle, but my love's archery. So yeah, I didn't get an archery tag this year for 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 uh, elk. Can you hunt with your bow in um, during rifle season? I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The th- it, thing about rifle season is though you're dealing with they're not they're not anymore. rut. Yeah. Like right now we had a video of being up in Colorado, like just. 20 yards from two big elk fighting. They didn't even know. We were, like, I was standing up. They, or Leaster was standing up, didn't even know they were there. Mm. You know, just 20 yards away. I mean, that's why wow. That's why you get to do uh, archery during rut season, you know? Yeah, dude, I'm a just – I live for it. I yeah. love it so much. It's To, me, to yeah. me, it's like it makes me so happy that I have my meat for a year. Yeah. You know, you shoot yeah. an elk, basically I have meat for a year. And for all my friends. Now mm-hmm. I've gotten all my friends, like Brian Callen and all these guys, yep. addicted to elk, Tom mm-hmm. Papa – I give them pounds of it, man. Oh, nice. Just constantly giving them elk sausage and elk steaks, and it's like once you taste that natural wild natural. meat, you go, "Oh man!" And like, just learning how much healthier it is for you too, <sighs> you know. Do you feel different when you eat it? That's all I've ever eaten. I grew up that way, so I, I grew up hunting because of my dad. My dad's been an archery hunter. Your dad's a wild man. I met your dad. Yeah, he's, you can tell right away. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like okay. That's how where you doing, man. That's where it all comes from. <laughs> nice my dad's, to meet you, Mister Dillshaw. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, I remember that guy. Just, I mean, he's always been the baddest dude I've ever known. He's always just. Uh, he's game. He's taking me on crazy hunts where we'll hike our ass off, go hike 20 miles, and and work work really hard, hunt public land. Like it's mm. never been the easy thing. It's always been as hard as we can make it. Nice. Um, it's made me really like fall in love with hunting even more those backcountry hunts man people are starting to catch on to what an adventure that is yeah and you know these guys like uh, my friend aaron schneider who runs kafaro's uh, one of the best backpack companies in the world they make uh, hunting backpacks and wilderness backpacks and it's like you used to be able to go eight miles down the trailhead and there'd mm-hmm. be nobody he goes mm-hmm. now you go there there's three tents yeah uh, you know it's because other guys are learning how to do this too and yeah. they're realizing this ex- especially high country mule deer <sighs> which is an insanely difficult animal to hunt because they're so switched on because every day they're running for mountain lions oh, every day is like is that a mountain lion is that a mountain lion what was that branch they're now? so fucking fuck smart yeah. sketched out they're uh. so sketched out when you get to a five-year-old deer you mm-hmm. know the, which is what everybody wants to shoot okay. what they want to shoot is a four five and older deer mm-hmm. you're getting this giant deer they're probably 300 pounds they have enormous oh. antlers mm-hmm. i mean mule deer have these crazy racks all knotted up yeah crazy. all yeah. knotted up crazy and they They've been hunted since day one. Yeah. Oh, so every yeah, okay. day of their life. Sense, They've been yeah. five years. It's like a fighter mm-hmm. who's been fighting at a championship level for five years. Like, yeah. you ain't getting away with no sloppy yeah. bullshit no. with him. Exactly. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You can't snap on branches and they, yeah. they don't notice you're there. Dude, they fucking turn nocturnal as well. Yeah. Like, I, uh-huh. I went out yeah. five days before opening day mm-hmm. and saw th- uh, two three pointers and a big four pointer right in the area I'm going to go hunt. And then 10 days later, I go out because I missed opening day. But uh, 10 Too days late. ago, I know. 10 days ago, after they're gone. 
Yeah, they go like, nocturnal, they hide, yeah. and they just realize that people are after them. Yeah. They, they've they've been doing it so long that hunting season is literally like factored into their yep. internal clock. Like their DNA. Like they, they just know. realize yeah. it. They go, oh, well, there's the people. I know what this is. Yeah. They go, I know what this is. It's time to get the fuck out of here. I'll eat at 2.30 instead yeah. of the regular, yeah. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll just, especially during full moons and things yep. like that. It's really interesting, man. It's once you experience these. I mean, even if you're not into hunting, but yeah. if you, do, I always advise people: just please, just go hiking deep into the backcountry. Just yeah. take take off six, seven mm. mile hike yeah. deep into the backcountry, and just it'll put it in perspective for you. Like those two and a half days I spent in Colorado, I hiked probably twenty miles by myself with no one, and I didn't get anything. I didn't even see an animal. I found one drop uh, horn of an elk. I didn't see shit, you know, and I still loved it. I still came. I was like, I'm glad I did it, you know. Yeah. Hiked my ass off, was out there. My cell phone didn't work. It's just when you go out there, do you bring a spotting scope? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you bring a spotting a scope. In, yeah. Spotting scope, binos, the whole range deal. finder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, are um, you looking at Google Earth in advance, or I'm looking at oh, what's the app I use? Onyx Hunt. Yes. It's mm-hmm. Onyx Hunt, yeah. So yeah. you kind of like downloads the area where right. you're at. So mm-hmm. then when you shows you where's public, where's and you private. can even download the app to when you don't have service, you can still use yes. it. It knows where you're at, right. and you know like if you're on private property, if you're on public land, it like maps everything out for you that way. So. Yeah, that thing that's an amazing app. Mm-hmm. But just being able to see the territory and know yeah. where the basins are and the ridges Water are, holes. yeah, and yeah. get a sense like okay, what time of year is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's there's. It's not just going out to get food. There's a there's really like a science to mule deer hunting and uh, what the weather's been like. If it's mm-hmm. been hot, they're going to be high country. They're going to be yeah. really high if it's been hot. Yeah, you know, um, you want it to be like overcast and cool so they'll come out more during the day because they'll bed down when it's hot. They bed down all day long, and that's why they come nocturnal as well. Is that it's cool enough for them to expend energy to go get food. Yeah, to where if you go in the middle of the day at twelve o'clock, you you have to spot them with your binos laying down and hopefully sneak up on them and not let them see you or wait for them to get up and start feeding and then sneak up on them. Now, when you go out there, are you, do you have the creeks mapped out or are you hauling in water? What do you, how are you getting water? Um, I, I'll always take, uh, those pills with me to build, um, purify water, yeah, purify the water. Iodine tablets. Yes. Iodine tablets. They say you're not supposed to drink too much of that though. I'm sure you're not, but I don't hunt 24 right. seven, you know right. I mean? Worst case scenario, at least I'm not going to go out there and get Girardia and get lost. Like, right. I'm at least going to be able to purify some water. And yeah. I have a lighter. Well, I don't have a – I don't have – I have a canteen, so that would melt. But anyways uh, – To heat it up? Yeah, to yeah. be able to heat it up. But, yeah, I know where the water holes are. I always know that. And I bring enough water for me to, to drink, and then I pack it into camp too. Um, luckily, this spot in Colorado wasn't very far from where I had to park my truck. So I was able to drive in a bunch of water. Mm. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's – uh. With my dad, though, we hiked back in the Rubies like 20 miles and then hunt back there, hopefully not finding anybody. And like you said, you still find people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have to bring the iodine pills or we have a pump. And then we – Pumps are great. Yeah. Obviously, we packed in pots and we boil it and mm-hmm. drink – usually we use – usually we boil it back at camp. But if you're out and about and you only have a canteen on it, you'll fill it up, throw an iodine pill in it and shake it around. And 10 minutes later, you got clean water. Yeah, you don't want any of that beaver fever. No, hell no. That Especially jar, being yeah, 20, mi- be rough. 20 mm. miles out. Think how bad mm. that would suck. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's beautiful country, though, man. I mean, to, yeah. to be able to go out there into that back country of Colorado, Colorado where there's no people. Yeah. You just realize it doesn't even look real. It looks like, you know, you find like a mountain lake up there. Mm-hmm. You're like, this isn't even real. This yeah. can't be real. This yeah. looks like a movie. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, pictures you take don't look like you, like you just come off the internet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's out awesome. near you, man. I mean, you, yes, you pick. I don't ever hunt, though. 
Yeah, yeah, I need to. Do you well, eat I don't it? need to. Do you I'm sure I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I have had some mistakes at the, his house for the last camp, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We got this from the Kingston Coffee Guy, right, Mark? Also, yeah. We, okay. had, we had both. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. What so, yeah, kind of diet so. do you follow? I have actually, when I'm out in California with him, uh, Sam's family makes me the same meals. Well, not the same. I don't know if they're exactly Pretty the same. Pretty much the same. But the, I ate the same meals as him, and I usually eat pretty clean too. When I did my hair analysis with the Sam, my, all my levels and stuff came back pretty good. I was pretty, pretty uh, baseline or healthy mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. Are you training or just training people? Do you train yourself? Yeah, I still train. I stay sharp. You know, I got to lead by example, and, and I love it. So mm-hmm. that's what I've done since I was eight. You know, starting with the Kyokushin karate and just been on it since then. So and when he comes out to the fun. training lab and throws the gear on and holds mitts for me, Cub one like. He just did like three hours of holding mitts, you know, like he's getting a workout doing yeah, that shit. Yeah. Just the impact and moving. Oh, yeah, and of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't just stand there either. Right? I mm-hmm. got to give him the feel and the reactions and throwback. And mm-hmm. you know, I get to play UFC a little bit without getting beat up. So yeah. it's fun to still, again, live vicariously through these guys. But uh, I still definitely do train and, again, lead by example and stay sharp. Have you ever thought about one day, I mean, you're, you're in a weird situation where you could potentially go – to 45, and you could potentially go to 25. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be champ, champ, champ. My coach already, like, when I first started working out with Sam and I was fighting Cody the first time, he's like, I'm going to make you a three-division champ. It's like, that's our goal. I want you to be the first one ever to do it. Like, he's always, like, reaching for, the, you know, everything. And, and the way I know I could do it, too, is, is because I can pack the weight on with him, too. Mm. You know, I've gotten up to 158 pretty solid before I went down to 35s the first time. Max Holloway, who's the UFC 145-pound champion, is a fucking big guy. I, I don't think so he big. Should. Eventually, he's probably going to be a 55er. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. When, he, when they had to medically stop him from cutting weight to make 55, when he's a 45-pound champion, oh, wow. he started in at around 85 pounds. Oh, Jesus. How yeah. crazy is that? He's dude, Ortega's 40- big, too, man. Big. Dude, he's a big, big. dude as well. Yeah, these 45-pounders. Right? Yeah. Look, I wish there was a way to stop all this nonsense. Yeah. I wish everybody did it the way you're doing it, where yeah. you're just a little bit overweight. Yeah. Have you ever been heavier before where you had a cut? Mm-mm. Never. So it's always been your weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I look, a uh, good thing, too, is that I always train at the weight I'm going to be in the night of my fight. So if I win at 135s, I'm going to be 150 when I walk in the cage. So I train at 150. When I'm going to fight 25s, I'll probably walk in the cage weighing like 140 or low low 40s. I'm gonna train at low 40s, mm. you know, and that's why my camps are longer. I get in shape before I start my camp because I want to be, I want to know exactly what that feeling is of what the night's gonna be of being in the cage. I want to be in shape. I want my weight to be where it's supposed to be, and so it's like the same exact feeling for my whole camp. It's gotta be satisfying for you to have all these changes, take all these chances, go through all this emotional shit with leaving Alpha Male, but the results prove themselves that you were making the right choices for your career. Very satisfying. You know, I'm building my own my own everything, you know. Um it's all kind of finding a place and it's because I've surrounded myself with the right people. I followed Dwayne because I believed in him. I came back to Southern California because I believed in Sam, you know, and there's guys like Steve Martin, like I was talking about before, that made that possible, you know, and there's just like these, for whatever reason, this group of guys that I've just gotten around that's just uh, very synergistic and it works, you know, and so that's why I've been really focused on because I've been to a lot of gyms that are money-driven or ego-driven and to make sure that's not the case. So you might be an awesome fighter, but if you don't have the right mentality, you're not part of the training lab. You know, um, you might be the best fighter in the world, but if you're a cancer, we're not going to let you work out there and kind of really treating it like we're professional athletes. You know, I mean, we I am treating it like we're professional athletes instead of before I was just a fighter. Well, you have you seen that really across the board? There's much more of an attitude of a professional athlete versus just some 
badass guy who wants to fight and kick ass and you're, you're seeing people approach it much more scientifically now yeah. Yeah. how much has that changed since you were on the ultimate fighter a lot a lot a lot when i first like i said when i first got an ultimate fighter i was uh alpha male and we sparred four or five days a week and just was that 2012 11 11 yeah 2011 uh, and then it can't it aired i think 2012 so you think about that. That's not that long ago. We're talking yeah. about six, seven years. Yeah. So in seven years, the sport's radically changed. Big time. Wow. Big time. I mean, I mean, it's also because of how big the and how mainstream the UFC is getting. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to be on ESPN. We're on Fox. We, you know, we went from Spike. Like, the more and more mainstream it gets, the more like legit it makes it, and the more legit it is, the more science behind it. The more that, like, why wouldn't guys that are smart as Sam Calvita go for football because? There's money in it. There's like exposure behind it. Mm -hmm. when it was fighting, it was so raw and just like whatever. But right. now, I feel like since it's so legitimized, those smart trainers and and now the guys that have been fighting forever are now coaches. Mm. It just makes it more legit, and you have more science and the ways to train behind it. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. I but mean, it's still growing, and I feel like we're on the cutting edge of everything. Yeah, um, that's we don't true. we don't miss everything. We don't miss anything. Like yeah. we're on the. This is by far, out of any place I've ever trained, the most scientific and smart way to train. That's so exciting, man. Yeah. It really is. TJ's got a, a bump in the martial art evolutionary chain as far as how many people were switching stances and having that fluid flow before TJ stepped in the cage. Not that many. Not that many He's at all. He's definitely leading the pack. I mean, when we Dom were... switched his legs back and forth. <clears throat> but no attacks. He, yeah, he didn't. He didn't fight the same way righty as he did lefty the yeah. way you do kind of like uh, you've seen it now in boxing too like mm -hmm. um terence crawford terence crawford who yeah. will he'll come out orthodox because he's right-handed but he's like ah, i'm gonna do better against this guy southpaw and stay southpaw the rest of the fight because mm -hmm. he sees that advantage and being able to do that i mean boxers used to say like never switch your stance your defense won't be as good but now make it that good marvin exactly. Hagler used to switch all the time yeah. <laughs> you know he's one of the greatest of all time yeah. and then the you know there's orthodox there's softball but then there's a whole world of things that you can do offensive and defensively during the change of the stance as well that yeah. people yeah so we'll, yeah. Can, we'll exactly. keep those secrets under the cover <laughs> you know, yeah. over the edge here. yeah it's yeah. one thing to switch your stance to fight better that stance but then what about the strikes while switching your stance yes. you know or in those crazy motions where I'm coming this way, but you're over there. I can fight. It's almost like fighting two people at once. Mm, you know? Yeah. Able to create those angles and take advantage of them, and they have to do this slow turn to stay in their stance, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. No. There's so, there's fantastic advantages. It's a fucking to it. matrix. Mm -hmm. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fun. Got to yeah. you know, start mapping out the kill a shot MMA series and get a bunch of MMA flow drills going. And Hell yeah. I'm really excited fun. about the switch to to ESPN too. Yeah. I'm really excited about getting the UFC on ESPN. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think it's a big deal, man. ESPN is such a, a huge venue for sports, and mm -hmm. there's so many like just it hardcore sports, sports fans. You know, yeah. when you think of sports, it's ESPN. Sure, and you think of like sports bars that have yeah. fights on. I mean, if they have, they're going to have ESPN on. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, so many people just they just turn their TV on, they put on ESPN, mm -hmm. and that's like all day long. Mm -hmm. Real sports fans, they're going to get a chance to see. Guys like you, mm -hmm. you know, real high-level fighters. Mm -hmm. And ESPN's also been putting on real world championship boxing events, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. so they're, if they're going to do that, and then they're going to start putting on real high-level championship UFC fights as well, people are going to get a chance to compare and contrast mm -hmm. and yep. see, like, wow. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to open up a whole new world. Mm -hmm. I think Fox was great. I yeah. Mean, and all the fuck. Yes. But there's like, what is it, like 80 Fox Sports channels, and no one knows which one the fuck it's on. And yeah, there are a lot of Fox channels, right? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Man. I remember the first, uh, years ago, one of my uh, Japan K1 trips, 
we went to a restaurant and they were showing some fights on TV and we lost our shit. We're like, holy shit, they're showing fights on TV. Japan's right, on so TV. cool. Now it's out here all the time. So, you know, thank you, Dana White, for Tito Brothers, you know, the UFC for making yeah. it mainstream. You know, they, are, they and you as well, Mr. Rogan, for having, bringing martial arts to being so popular it is now. It's like you guys have helped the evolution of martial arts come to, come to life and it's, it's fun. It is fun and, it's, you know, people are getting a chance to see where it's at right now, which I don't think... You know, if someone hadn't seen a fight like your fight um, with Cody or your fight, your first fight with Hannon Burrell is a great example. Mm-hmm. That your second fight was really like a blowout. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the second fight, he just he knew you were going to fuck him up before mm-hmm. the fight even started. Got to evolve. Yeah, yeah. he didn't evolve. Um, but if you see these high level, you know, world class fights, I think if people just got to look and what's what's going on right now at the top levels, they'd get hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you do a great job of. Um teaching people you know uh, or the commentators as well as people involved in journalists of mma need to teach the average fan what to look for yes you know and i feel like you've done a great job you've helped our sport grow because of that of not only hyping the fights up but making people knowledgeable of mma you know well we need to teach the judges yeah (laughs) they need to come to our seminar i haven't done the best job they're out there still i mean i just don't understand what commissions are waiting for i really don't i don't i don't get what's the hold up just these people are incompetent fire them get new people in. it's not hard to do yeah i don't believe it's hard to do i think i think a motivated person could fix the entire system inside of a year i don't feel like they're Mm -hmm. worried about their job if they might get a bad decision like if i if i ruin your career if i steal millions of dollars out of your pocket Mm -hmm. eh. yeah Yeah, they understand that aspect you know that they don't want people's career I don't think they livelihood. care. They're yeah. just doing their job, and they mm. think they're insulated Jobs. from it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't have a job. They have to be accountable because they yes, have sir. a name. You know, their name gets you know you know Adelaide Bird scored the fight, ba da ba ba da ba, and you know, you hear that, so they're accountable somewhat. And then people hear certain names, and they're like, oh, not this fucking guy, because mm-hmm. you know that that guy's given some shitty ass decisions in the past. But oh, yeah. it's not enough. And if you just left it off to if you ran it through a computer and looked at all the bad mm. decisions and all the, the judges that called these bad decisions and <laughs> rate them yeah. like an Uber driver. Yeah. You just, you just get rid of them. Yep. Just anyone who just gets a D or below, just get rid of them. Yep. You really know anyone who gets below an A, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to make some questionable subjective decisions. Mm-hmm. Some people like a submission game. Some people like a striking game. Some people, big, some people think a guy takes you down, no matter what, he's on top, you win. Yes. yes. You know? yeah. Well, I feel like, well, they've said it's going to not matter as much now, but if you do, if you do a takedown, you have no damage. Like, it's like right. the takedown didn't even count. Yeah. Which I believe in, because, yeah. I mean, it's really who's winning the fight, not, like, the position we're in right then. Even right. me being a wrestler, like, yeah, I can take people down and just win from being on top, but that's not how an MMA should be scored. You know? No, I agree. And I think that if a guy does some damage standing up and then you take him down and hold him down for a full minute but nothing happens, he did more damage yeah. standing up. Yeah. And there's a lot of judges that think that if you take someone down you're on top, you win. And they can't think that way. It's yeah. just it's not wise, especially when guys are battling off submissions off their back and mm-hmm. or getting busted up with elbows from their back. I mean – it, there's just did you see Nico Price's fight where he won from his back? He, oh yeah, with the trapped w- with the foot and yeah. hammer fist him. That he was hammer sweet. fisted him was from nice. the bottom. Okay. Knocked him out. It was the, one of the that craziest was cool. Who who did he fight? I don't remember who that was. Damn, I get excited so Yeah, he fought <laughs> off off his back, won by hammer fist. Okay. It's like that we're realizing cool. there's the, you're not really safe. And it, there's there's things that people can figure out what to do in weird different places. Mm-hmm. Find a way to be successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I just, as much enthusiasm as you have about the sport and of you and myself and a lot of other fans, I want the judges to have that kind of enthusiasm yeah. as well. Yeah. I want them to go into these fights knowing what they're looking at. Sure. Here it is, right here. Oh, like right before that. Does it show? Here, look, look at this. Oh, wow. From his back, hammer fists him unconscious. Oh, wow. Fucking crazy. Yeah. I've never seen that before in my life. Me neither. And that's something that I don't know if you would see that in the curriculum or not, but definitely well, is an opportunity. In that position, yeah. it's yeah. a good place to be. When guys start seeing it happen, they're going to go for it yeah. more. Yeah. You know? and you're going to see fighters go for that. Well, the Travis Brown, you know, that yeah. uh, elbow on oh, yeah. from defending the takedown. The, I mean, Josh Barnett, right? Travis started KOing people. He KOed Josh Barnett. He KOed um, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga. Same mm -hmm. way. Yep. He flatlines people from that position mm -hmm. with those long ass crazy. Do you elbows? take different alpha brain than I do. What do you mean? You're sharp. <laughs> I think you might have some stronger alpha brain than I do. <laughs> this is his job. His well, job. Yeah. His job is to, to know this stuff. There is an alpha, alpha brain turbo that we're working. Really? On. Yeah. Is it here yeah. now? Uh, no, I have it at my house. Was it just, is it just a stronger we, we, version? Or? Yeah, it's got some extra shit in it. See, I was nice. asking Aubrey yeah. about that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, it's we, take some. We, our original alpha brain was giving people headaches. We had to adjust it mm. along the way. Hmm. Some people. Aubrey says the, the weaker the weak, I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> bring, bring, you weren't made to take structure. off a brain, you know what I mean? Well, it's it's a dose-dependent thing, and it's also there's people that get headaches when they drink caffeine. There's people that can't drink mm. milk. You know, yeah. There's a lot of bio, biological variability. Mm. But uh, what this is is a more potent version of alpha brain. We're pushing the boundaries a little bit. So we're going to run mm -hmm. some tests on it. and So we've got some trials, and um, I've been taking it. Nice. Send me a couple. I'll test it for you. I'm I'll a give fan. You a full review. You're a fan, yeah. Yeah, it works. It's, it's got some DMT yeah, in I love it. it. A little bit of alpha brain. You know what I really like too. I've talked about this before. Is uh, Neuro One? It's uh, Bill Romanowski's company. Mm -hmm. He's got a, a great nootropic supplement. Mm -hmm. I like it too. It tastes good too. I drink the chocolate. I feel like Bill Romanowski now. The way I walk around with all my my, my supplements and stuff. He's got like a tackle <laughs> box of yeah. them. I do, man. Like when I travel now, it's like I have a whole suitcase full of supplements. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Like no matter where you go. Yeah. So yeah. even if you're on like a couple day road trip somewhere, you're bringing all your supplements with you. Yeah, or I have those divider packs. You don't yeah. have to have like three of them. Right. You, know? you don't fuck around. Mm -mm. Yeah. Even on my hunting trip. Really? Oh yeah, man. Wow. I was and you're on a trip. You eat clean. Yeah, That's I do. Why I'm busting those mountain house fucking fettuccine alfredo, dude. Drink all those freeze dried. The, like the farts are so bad though. But once you once you've been like so clean, and you know how it feels. Mm -hmm. And then after your fight, you eat like a fucking asshole for a week. Yeah, it instantly it's like, dude, I gotta stop. I gotta stop this shit. Like, I feel, I feel depressed. I feel horrible. Like, I gotta get back into eating clean. You know, it's how like, much time did you take off after the Cody fight, the second one? Uh, food, like yeah. nutrition how wise, much, probably like a week, maybe, a or week maybe went, like went hard. But even then, it's just like not the whole day. It's right. just like I'll have one bad meal. I'm like, oh fuck, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm gonna feel that shit. What is it about it? Like wanting a pizza because you know you shouldn't have it. Like looking right. at that pizza, go fuck it, we're going in. Yeah. Well, now it's I never used to be a sweet tooth, but now it's sugar. It's, really? it's desserts. Like I used to be more just like oh, eat more pizza, like steak, whatever it could be. But now since I haven't been eating sugar, I want to drink a soda. I want a donut, a regular like, soda, a regular soda. Yeah. I when I drink a regular soda, the first thing I think, I can't believe people drink this. Oh, yeah, I don't like regular soda. <laughs> like, as people much are drinking now. this shit all day long. I because yeah. I don't drink it. So when yeah. I drink it, my body's like, "What the fuck yeah. are you doing, yeah. stupid?" Like I had a Mountain Dew after the fight. <laughs> at the that's room, right. The room, and that's right. I felt I felt like <laughs> hung over the next day. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird how your yeah. tolerance mm -hmm. drops too. Yeah, if you don't eat sugar anymore and then you take it in, the first thing that happens to me, like I'll have an ice cream sundae, yeah. I just have to sit down i'm like oh dude the sugar is the root Ugh. of all evil man yeah it's it so bad it's yeah not good for the body 
high doses. Yeah. Like, you know, people that walk around with a two-liter Pepsi and just chug it. Uh, man. <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, how many fucking servings are in a two-liter Pepsi? And some people drink that whole thing in a day. Easy. Like, you see the truck drivers with the big yeah. gulps just going on everywhere with it? Just, just filling their arteries just with black, bullshit. Black inside. Their sludge. guts. All that fat, gut fat, just the lower abdominal fat that yeah. just pushes into your balls. <laughs> lifts Jeez. up your belt. Ugh, gonna get another Pepsi. Just so uncomfortable. You know, we know that the sodas that are, <laughs> that have like the the, Steve, the Zevia sodas, those ones taste good. Those, those are, are really awesome. good. Yeah. Zevias are great. Yeah. They're yeah. awesome. I drink those all the time. Me Guilt-free. Yeah. The, the difference between them and a Diet Coke in terms of flavor, I actually like them better. Yeah. I, I, when I drink Diet Coke, I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of fucking chemical. Tastes like chemicals, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas Zevia just tastes like a good flavor, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make you feel like shit. You don't. There's no uh, glycemic index. Mm. Like, there's no change in your sugar levels. You mm-hmm. just taste good. It almost feels like there's no way it's there's no sugar in it. Yeah, when you drink them. You I know. know. Yeah, good. yeah. This stuff stevia is an interesting thing yeah. because too much of it, it tastes like shit. Mm. Yeah, it's got so, a weird aftertaste, right? Yeah, you mm. gotta. It's so potent. You just need like a touch. Yes, but yeah. when you put it in your coffee, like I'll put it in there like sugar, but then like whoa, yeah. like whoa, yep, it's rough. It is definitely what other um, stuff does he have you eating that you weren't eating before? Is there any like concentration on like different kinds of greens or? Dude, what? I juice like crazy now. And yeah. you're juicing mostly green stuff. A lot of it. I mean, there's a. a um, do you blend or you no, juice? No, I juice. I do juice. a masticating juicer, a cold press juicer. Mm. Um, you got to. Because if it's something fast like a blender, it kills a lot of the nutrients. Really? And you absorb more of it. So even if you were just to eat this giant table of raw food, mm-hmm. you would absorb less of it than if you juiced it. Really? Why yeah. is that? Because it goes right in your bloodstream? Something about how your body breaks it down. Yeah, so something about the cold-pressed juice is, is your body's absorbing it more. So, no. I mean, that's that's like a, a have-to. Even when I'm mm-hmm. traveling, I don't have my juicer. I end up buying them, which aren't as good. But I, I have to drink uh, some sort of green juice every day. Mm. And are you taking it with any kind of fat? Because what I heard about, especially with vegetable juice, that your body absorbs it better with fat, yeah. mm. like with coconut oil or okay. avocado oil or mm-hmm. something like that. Do yeah, you do we, that? We do, uh, yes. We have to do a certain certain kind of MCT oil. Um, I take uh, they have tablespoons in the day and in at night to help absorb not only that, but then the ubiquinol goes with it to help me like rebuild red blood cells and do a bunch what of What is ubiquinol? It's also some sort of oil. I take them in a pill, but some sort of like uh, oil that helps with the transport chain of I don't even, couldn't even tell you. Have you. To get I'd have to here. get Sam in here. He'd be, he'd probably try to hold back. But I want to get him in here, dude. You sh- I mean, he'd be very interesting, but uh, I almost don't want you to because that's where all my secrets uh, are. You know, it's like my, he's know, like my the thing secret is weapon. about there secrets, man. There's people that just wouldn't listen anyway. Yeah, that's true. There's so many people that would and they would listen, would they wouldn't listen. really follow. You. But you and would. it's a full time fucking job, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't be lazy and do do Sam shit. Like I can't imagine how you could be. It seems like you have to be on top of it all the time. I don't have time in the day to do all the shit that he has me doing, as well as training. So, do you take the MCT oil with the green juice? Oh, uh, you can, or just take it. And for people who don't know what that is, a medium chain triglyceride oil is derived from coconut oil. So it's a, mm-hmm. the more nutritious form of coconut oil. So you, you can take it. What it was explained to me was that you're better off when you're taking something that's as nutrient-dense as juice, mm-hmm. cold-pressed juice, mm-hmm. that you really should take it with a fat, mm-hmm. and then it'll help your body absorb the nutrients better. Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, he, he never told us that. I mean, oh, okay. But maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't know. I mean, he didn't matter. He doesn't know everything. I'm when sure I you know. But take kale shakes. I always add either uh, coconut oil or well, I, I usually add both coconut oil and MCT oil. Yeah. 
to it. I mean, I think that's not bad for you, so yeah. why not? You know, yeah. I don't know if it's better or not, but I know it's not bad for you. Yeah. Now, um, what is your ratio like fats to protein? Do you know what that is, or does he map all that uh, stuff? He maps out? all that out, and depending where I'm at and how my body's recovering. Um, but yeah, I'm high high fat, high protein diet. You know, um, low to no carb. Obviously, different kinds of carbs. I I have to have carbs, but just mm-hmm. uh, like I won't be ketogenic, but I'll get my body right. into ketosis certain times throughout my camp right. to make me insulin like um, sensitivity high. Right. Um, so I'll eat like simple carbs that break down faster. You know, they found that people, even on this carnivore diet, which a lot of people are doing now, they still reach ketosis. Mm-hmm. They still reach ketosis because they're not taking in any grain. They're not taking in any carbohydrates. And even though your body converts protein through glucogenesis, it converts it into sugars, into glucose. Um, it's it, it's doing it in a very efficient way and processing it in a way that a lot of these people are in ketosis all the day. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, just not not the same like high levels. If you were going like a regular ketogenic diet, I think it's supposed to be seventy percent fat, something crazy, or sixty something percent fat, and then the rest protein. Yeah. Wow. Do you tell Jordan Peterson that isn't he eating all meat? Yeah, he's eating all meat. I don't. I think, and I had his daughter on recently as well, and it's very controversial, uh, particularly for his daughter because his daughter is giving paid nutritional consult consultation, but she doesn't really have a background in nutrition, mm. but she's just showing people what really has worked for her and her, her experience and her background. I think her and her father, Jordan, I think he has a serious autoimmune issue, like mm. serious. And I think it's very possible that there are some people amongst us that are allergic to almost everything. Wow. They have allergic reactions to all kinds of different foods. And I think it's really, really rare. Mm-hmm. I think for most people like you or I, mm-hmm. you're really better off eating rich, dark, green, mm-hmm. leafy vegetables yep. and, and nuts and, and fish and chicken and wild game. And, uh, you know, I think if you get some wild turkey or some, you know, wild pheasants and just, you should eat really good, lean, healthy, real yeah. food. Mm-hmm. I think most people can you. eat apples and oranges and, and watermelon and there's no problem. But I think there are a few people amongst us, and I think Jordan's one of them, where his body just fucking rejects things. Wow. Hmm. I think he gets his body has terrible reactions to all these different things. And going on an all-meat diet has cured his depression, got him off on antidepressants for the first time in more than two decades. Oh, wow. It reduced his weight back to the weight it was when he was 25 years old. I just don't think it's a viable no. or intelligent diet for everyone. For the masses, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think... It's it's a good diet for people that are very extreme in in their their nutrition requirements because they have some serious autoimmune issues. If you have autoimmune issues, you should definitely go towards keto. Yeah, you know, uh, Sam's gotten rid of my psoriasis. I didn't even know you could get rid of it, but got rid of my psoriasis with my diet. I mean, they say it could be from the stem cells too, but I, I believe it's from. I mean, I did so much stuff, but um, yeah. the diet, yeah. you know. Well, um, I know several people that have got rid of their psoriasis through yeah. that. Um, I, I think Jordan is actually one of them as well. Okay. He had psoriasis, and the psori- he also had some serious gum disease that he was having for his whole life, mm. gone, as soon as he got on this carnivore diet. And yeah. it's just, I mean, he's just eating beef. That's it. Yeah. I mean, literally, he drinks, drinks water and eats beef. <laughs> that is it. He I feel like that's got to be bad for your, like... You would think so. Is that how Brock Lesnar got it? Hurt, right? Well, I was got, Brock got diverticulitis. Uh, Anthony Bourdain told me that sometimes people get diverticulitis from all sorts of reasons. From like eating, you could like have a seed, 
like a fucking some seed from some plant that you ate gets stuck somewhere in your lining and gets infected and you can get diverticulitis from that he said diverticulitis can come from a lot of different things i think brock probably wasn't even chewing I think he was probably swallowing animals <laughs> like whole. My, my dog. Out that. in the wild. Uh, he's like grabbing fucking gophers and shit and just chucking them down. <laughs> and screaming naked on the top oh, of the yeah. hill. Oh, yeah. That's sick fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bummed out that the WWE um, ever had him. I really feel like if Brock oh. Lesnar had just gone from amateur wrestling. wrestling Dude, he was a beast when I called wrestling. He's a beast. Yeah. And if he just completely dedicated himself to mixed martial arts yeah. from the jump... I mean, he's already, look, he knocked out Randy Couture. He mm -hmm. battered Frank Mir. I mean, he submitted Shane Carwin. He already has an incredible resume for a guy that was a WWE star, mm -hmm. a multi-millionaire star, before he ever fought his first MMA fight. Yeah. Just such a savage. It was just beating inside of his heart so bad that he wanted to do it. But came in and did it, really did it. Yeah. Lost to Kane. Lost to fucking Overeem. I mean... Beat Mark Hunt, even though Mark Hunt says he was cheating. Seems, <laughs> seems he might have been correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mark Hunt went on a rant today about uh, about Brock Lesnar. Oh, really? Called him a cheating piece of shit. And yeah. He's mad that he's coming back to the UFC. And he's got he's got like a legit claim. You know? Yeah, for sure he does. I mean, Brock's only fought the top of the top. He's never fought like a warm up fight. He's never came in and had a warm up fight. You know. I but don't watch WWE, but they say he's shrinking. Oh. Huh. Yeah, he's getting. You saw it was about to come yeah, in. So. Uh, they're already, he's already in a testing pool. They're gonna be knocking on your door. Oh, he already is. That's yeah. why he's getting smaller. They're yeah. knocking on your door six o'clock in the morning. That was the problem when he fought Hunt, right? He there was a uh, some stipulation yeah. where he wasn't gonna be tested or something. Yeah, there was some weird loophole. Well, so he retired, and when you come back, you're supposed to be go through like a, a four month testing before you're even allowed to accept a fight. Mm. And they waived that four month of testing, and they just started like so. He was getting tested. Once he came back, but he didn't have to have that four month of testing without having a fight. Mm. This is from mm. what I heard. Mm. Usada, yeah, yeah. Boy, Usada's changed the game, kids. Mm -hmm. Changed the game. Hell yeah, mm -hmm. indeed. And I look better than I did back then. Yeah, I'm nice. Jack City right now. <laughs> Sam, Sam's I'm feeling awesome. better. I'm, I'm looking better. Like it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm the the professionalism that's going around like around our spots. Just it's just made me continue. I mean, I've always been hungry, but uh, just can, like the science behind it and me being able to go three different weight classes and it being real and just me being the baddest man on the planet has got me in, like ready to go you know like that's the only photos they have before and after trying to find a better one on try that one. pull that one up again i didn't see much difference there you, you got anybody the pull that up jamie anybody who stands or sits the way brock is sitting yeah. on the one on the you're right gonna look lean, you're gonna yeah. look in here. the way his arms are spread wide no matter what he's gonna be big yeah he's still gonna be 265 fucking pounds Jesus. yeah Okay, well there you kind of get it, yeah, yeah. He's he's losing some size, definitely, but he's gonna keep a lot. He's definitely gonna lose a lot. The thing that's gonna fuck with his head, if anything does, is when you are on steroids for a long time or anything that jacks up your endocrine system the way we're th we're assuming he did. You're, when it's over. <laughs> Let's assume he's already gotten caught. I'm trying to talk like a lawyer. Sorry. Uh, you're assuming he did. His endocrine system's got to be struggling. And he's 40 years old now. I mean, it's he's not. Be producing, he's only 40? Yeah. He's wow. going to be producing nothing but He might estrogen. not even be 40. He might be 39. Mm -hmm. How old is Brock Lesnar? But he's 49 or 39 in Viking years. <laughs> the age different. Yeah. 41. 41. 41. 
Yeah. yeah. Close enough. He's got to get in now while he can. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. So what do you think you did that elevated your testosterone? I think uh, my recovery. So not redlining my body all the freaking time. I, try, I train too hard. Like, I always went too hard. I always wanted to do more. I'm an old school wrestler. Like, more is better. More is better. Train it's hard, not better. Trainer. No. So my recovery big time. Listening to my body. Listening to, so my, your heart rate variability when you're sleeping, it'll tell you when you wake up how recovered you are and how hard you should push it that day. So being the CEO of TJ Dillashaw and deciding, say, if I even if it's on the schedule, I'm going to go hard the next day, but I wake up not recovered, call everyone like, hey, man, I'm not coming in today. I got to go walk around with the family. I'm not training taking it off so So you know by how many heartbeats difference like it's not it's not the heartbeat it's how it's the variability so sometimes your heart your heart shouldn't just beat everyone's every second Mm -hmm. it should be like 0.8 1.4 seconds like back like all like like um so that'll tell you that your central nervous system is not worn out Mm -hmm. so when you're getting sick or you're overworked your body will tell you from your heart rate that that it's about to happen, you know? So right. if you can catch it and if you don't listen to it and you just keep going, like you go down this deep hole that you'll never come out of, you know, but if you catch it right away, you're no matter what, your body's always going to do peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. but you want your valley to be lower and your peaks to keep getting higher. Valley, valley low, keep getting higher. Um, the way to do that is through your recovery, which is going to help your testosterone production, your growth hormone production when you're sleeping, as well as my supplementation, um, what aminos I'm taking and why and when I'm taking them. Um, you know, the arginines, the 21 blend aminos, like I'll take them all different times. Um, when do you take them? Uh, usually three times a day. Uh, um, sometimes I'll, I'll take certain things at night, certain things in the morning, depending on what it's supposed to do for me. Like my, my, um, ornithine, my glycine and my uh, tryptophan I take at night before I go to bed because it's helped my testosterone, my growth hormone boost. Um, things I'll take during the day because it's better for my energy system, my ATP production. Um, um, yeah. So he's just got all this mapped out for you. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Yeah. He's how many people could he possibly do that for though? He would have to teach other coaches to do it. You know, mm. he'd have to do like a mentorship where coaches would come in and they would train underneath him, you know, and right. then, then hopefully stay with us. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like if you teach someone too much, they can go do whatever they want and they can have this, the science. Eventually it'll get out to where, you know, you're going to see the tests, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to see what he's doing and people are going to want to come and learn how to do it. And for heart rate vari- variability, do you sleep with a chest strap mm-hmm. and a wrist watch that, that registers? Yeah, everything? you don't have to have the wrist watch on, but as long as it's close enough to register your heart strap. What yeah. are you using? Which which one? Um, I'm using Suntone or Su- was it Sunto? Sunto. Sunto, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, they make hunting watches as well. They yeah. Make oh, a yeah. Bunch of different they things. make awesome hunting watches. Yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. like GPS trackers, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah, I use one of those. Yeah, those are great. Mm-hmm. And then, so what do you do? Do you take the data from that and you put it on a PC? Like how he's got an algorithm. Um, and so I, yeah, went from that. I connect. So my watch is connected to my phone. Okay. And then Sam is logged in. To your watch where, is physically connected to your phone, or it's through an through app. Through Bluetooth. Through Bluetooth. Yeah, so okay. an app. Yeah, so that. Um, and so the app shows you. Yeah, the app. I can put in my information, and it sends it straight to Sam's computer. So oh. every morning he checks in the morning. So he like, logs in and gets your data. Mine. He's got a list of people that he checks. You know, and depending where they're at. Like right now, I'm not doing it. Obviously, I don't need right. to track my recovery. But when I'm in camp, he's tracking my recovery mm-hmm. and. He'll let me in the, no- in the morning, like, look, man, you're 84% recovered. Let's, let's pick it up. Or you're 20%. You need to chill, you know? Right. And, like, you'll decide. 
so my, my, my week to week, you have an idea what it's going to be, but it always changes. How many times do you think on these days where you looked at the results and said, okay, I'm taking the day off, would you have just said, don't be a pussy and push through this shit? Oh, yeah. I would have easily. I mean, I don't feel that bad. Right. But then the next, my next training practice, like, damn, I fucking feel good. Right. I'm primed and ready to go, you know? And so... Is it hard to do that? To yes. Let, take your foot off the gas? I, I've always, even in the past when I've redlined my body and didn't know the science, I've been had to pull back. But now that I know it, it's it makes it easier for me to do it, but it's still very hard. It's still very hard to not do more, not do more. Yeah. Like my dad's taught me, work your fucking ass off. Work right. hard, work hard, work harder than the next guy, you know? But um, work hard when you're working. But yeah. no one did not work. Yes. I think that applies to life, too. I Did really it? do. I think if you just burn it out all the time just, just like i was saying if like it was your sole focus was fighting i would burn myself out right you know i have to have these escapes you know yeah. i have to be able to do other things i have to enjoy family time i have to go golfing i have to go hunting i have to mm -hmm. get on the lake um, yeah and even during fight camp so i have <laughs> i used to be like fight camp was fight camp that's all i did right but now going with sam and having these days off i get to spend more family time i get to actually do shit i like on certain days like i have two days off a week and we spread them out at different times Sometimes I might have three, sometimes I might have more, depending if I'm getting sick or if I'm overworked. But um, I actually get to go do shit. I get to go wakeboard, you know? That's nice. Yeah. Now, um, is there anything else that he's got you doing that's weird that we haven't, like, are you doing any e-stim? Are you doing anything? I mean, it's always changing. We're getting really big into, like, the extra um, recovery stuff, the cryos, the um, the light therapy, the CVAC machines, the, oh, excuse me, hyperbaric chambers um when to do them and how to how to test everything um everyone has always known they're good for you but i don't feel like there's been the exact numbers behind it and now he's going to track it kind of thing so we're getting more into that realm of it um i use an alto lab that helps with me getting my hypoxic state to do altitude training um to where i'm breathing in that for an hour a day uh and that's you know i'm, I'm going anywhere to like forty thousand feet you know but there's only like certain like lengths you could do it for mm. and you have to take like like for instance like doing like six minutes on four minutes off or three minutes on three like in in tracking what my body's doing the next day um what else we're doing obviously my diet my supplementation we talked about i mean just the crazy workout stuff he's got us doing too you know um like i said it's kind of like rocky training um but it's a shit ton of core work and his warm-up is not a warm-up his warm-up is usually everyone else's workout he's pushing us to our lactate threshold to where like you want to throw up you're done and then we're doing muscular endurance you know, so wow. we're not doing any kind of strengthening until I've pushed that limit. So maybe I've hit hard ground and pound, you know, when you stand up and you have muscle pump and you can't go, mm -hmm. you don't have that anymore because you're used to, your lactate threshold is higher now. So oh. if my lactate threshold is higher, then I'm not going to be able to push myself to where I have that, that pump, you know. Um, and so get to that point so you know what it feels like. Right, so mentally, if I ever get to that point in a fight, I'll be okay because I've been there. As well as when you get there and you work out past it a, a smart way, then it's going to increase your lactate threshold. And your lactate it'll take you longer to get to that point. So when you're doing strength and conditioning work, you're mm -hmm. you're exhausting yourself before you're doing strength work. Not always, but yes, yeah. Some some workouts aren't as hard as others, but yeah, the ones that were like when I said the hardest I've ever worked out in my entire life was the, that kind of shit. Wow. Yeah, to where you think like even especially like when I first started doing it, be like all right, nice, that was a good workout, you good job. All right, warm-up's over. Let's hit the let's hit the garage. We're lifting, you know, like, or oh, we're hitting the pool. No. We're swimming. So, yeah. 
Damn. Yeah, he's, he's rough, dude. But now, like, my girl just called me. I need to go, Coach Sam. Yeah. Go. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, saying you're yeah. Every yeah. time I jump well, at the street, the time. Like, I, know it's, I know it's strength conditioning day, and I always pull up, and like I see the stop sign right before I turn left to get to his house. I'm like, fuck, I could just keep going. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't have to turn left. I don't have to go do this shit, you know? But uh, yeah. if, if you're in the garage and you continue to come back, you're a sicko. You, know, you like this shit. Now, how do you organize that strength and conditioning days and what precedent, like how, what importance does strength and conditioning take over skill work? Like, and how do you organize that? That's something that still is always going to have to be developed depending on person to person who needs more skill, right? Mm -hmm. um, and who's, obviously you never have it completely, but um, some people need more skill training than others. And if you're getting in there, like when I first started MMA, I probably shouldn't have done strength and conditioning for a year and a half. I should have only done skill because I needed to catch up. Um, but I'm to the point now where each camp changes with technique and I'm obviously going to continue to grow. And that's why my camps are so long. I'll do more skill outside of camp time and more getting my body ready. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but no, um, you are. Um, it's just, it, it always you changes. You don't want to burn yourself out that hard yeah. and then spar. That's right? still something I feel like we're even, even learning with Sam still too. Like, he obviously is a wrestler, and he knows training, and he knows strength conditioning, and that's why we listen to our heart rate, and that's why every coach is – and that's the thing, too, is that at our team, every coach is going to talk to each other. They're all on the same page. We know – like, they know what days are going to be off. Like, no one's going to show up to the gym today. If they do, we're going to go light because we pushed it yesterday. It's never going to be like the strength conditioning coach's job is to kill you. Now you're going into wrestling, he's going to kill you, too. Like, we're all on the same schedule so that we know that maybe Wednesdays are our active recovery. So if you're going to go into practice, you're just drilling, you're moving light, you're not going hard because you got killed the day before. Mm. So when you're at your peak as hardest days, your next day is either off or uh, an active rest day. Do yoga. Go do some yoga. Get your mind off it, you know. And does he have your weeks planned out in advance or does he doing it day to day? Like, how, how is he... When when do you know what you're going to be doing? Um, I don't know, but, but he, he does. Knows. He plans out everything in advance, and obviously With the whole camp, my whole life. <laughs> For him, camp doesn't, dude. He's like my life coach, man. Like even after this fight, he's like, all right, let's not change the diet. I don't want just rice is coming back. I don't want to have to work from ground zero. I want to like stay this. We can keep building. Um, so he's like my life coach, you know, like I, I feel like I'm cheating on him when I'm eating a cheeseburger with, with buns <laughs> on it, you know. But um, that's funny. He's got the whole camp planned out. My whole just continuing to grow and obviously it'll vary depending on my recovery yeah now with this espn deal i know they're planning on some pretty big events right mm -hmm. do they have they talked to you about fighting on espn not yet no -uh. no i mean obviously being a champ you want to be pay-per-view though yeah you know? right that's where the kids ash is at yeah yeah like yeah i mean that's what it comes down to you actually you're you're betting on yourself you know mm -hmm. when you fight live tv it's 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 you get a lot of viewers, you build your name. Right. But when you have these pay-per-views, you're, you're betting on that people want to watch you because you're right. you, you know? And uh, I've just continued to fight my fucking ass off and, and go ham. You know, that's going to be my style. I'm always going to go pedal to the metal when I fight looking for knockouts because that's my entertainment. That's how I'm entertaining. Like, yeah, sure, I'll maybe talk confidence and talk trash. I'm going to fuck you up, you know? But I'm not going to go out and be the, the um, Colby's, you know? I'm not mm -hmm. going to go crazy. Like, it's right. my personality. I want to be able to look, I mean, I know it's fun. It's awesome. We like those guys, but I want to be able to look back on my career and like show my kid, like, look, that's who I was. Like I right. fucking stay myself. I stay my true color. I'm an open fucking book. I tell whatever it right. is, you know, right. but I want it to be like the Chuck Liddell days. You step out there and fucking knock someone out. You get love for it. You yeah. know, like the real kind of gladiator shit. Well, it's definitely building for you now. You know, I mean, there yeah. was a lot of negative 
energy that was coming your way when you left alpha male and when you were on the ultimate fighter there was some negative shit that was coming your way but it seems like with every victory like all that stuff is going behind you and now now it's really obvious you made the right choice and now knocking cody out twice in a row yeah i didn't want to do the ultimate fighter they asked me, he's like, hey, uh, so I was like, I want my fucking title fight. Like, I've been needing it for a while. You know, I've been begging for it. And then obviously they're going to give me Cody. But like, hey, we want you to coach the Ultimate Fighter first. I was like, fuck, of course. I got to go coach against Alpha Males. Like, the last thing I want to do. I knew all this shit was going to be fucking crazy. Um, and so I didn't want to do it. But I wasn't going to say no because that's my, right. my shot at the title, you know. And uh, I'm fucking so glad I did it because I got to show my true colors. I got to show how much I care about the sport, how much I got to be a martial artist, teach the way that me and Dwayne kind of do things, very professional, um, let them be fucking assholes, and then come around and have it bite them in the ass, you know? Like, it, it worked out perfect for me because we got to show what really is, is what, it you was, know? Like, uh, sorry. No, go for it. It, it, was yeah. a good opportunity. it was a good opportunity to showcase how to handle those situations. You get to be your own judge. The more evidence you have in front of you you get to be your own judge of what actually happened rather than uriah and cody running their fucking mouth of of me leaving me being a traitor me doing this me taking peds compared to what's actually going down you know what i mean like you get to be the judge yourself on who i am you know so the more you get to know i mean that's why i should look at the more you get to find out about me the more you get to know me did you and cody talk after the fight at all no, no. I mean, I should show respect to him, and like, I never had a problem with Cody when we were at Alpha Male ever. Like, I felt like I kind of feel bad for the guy because this wasn't any of his drama. You know, like he was coming to the team when I was kind of on my way out. You know, he mm. just started. I was holding mitts for him. He just got into the UFC because we didn't have a coach because Dwayne left, right? So I'm, I'm running the kickboxing classes. Dwayne left. I'm the only one left there to coach practices. So I'm holding mitts for him and stuff like that. Um, and then I get the ultimatum and I leave, and then he becomes champ, and now it's like. All this pressure from Uriah and Team Alpha Male to talk shit and us be the rivals of him was weighed on his shoulders. I mean, that fucking sucks. I mean, I feel like that's a, a, a big flag to have to carry rather than just carry your own flag. Yeah. You know, carry carry what you care about. Carry your own fucking flag. Right. Instead of like, damn, I got all my team that, I'm, that are on my back. Like, that's a lot of pressure, you know? Yeah, I think for him, like, he really felt like that team and that family environment is what he needed. You know, yeah, it really. I mean, he said alpha male saved his life. It, it meant a lot to him. Yeah, and where I, he should have thought that martial arts saved your life. Nice. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, the team. It's it's awesome having a team. It's having like even like we have a team now. I, I say be individualized, but it's really good to have a team because you, you guys are going through the same shit together. It's good to have friends that are doing the same shit. Like, I can't only have average Joe friends because they don't know what it is to be me. They don't right. know what that, what shit I have to do to to be the world champion. So it's good to have those guys around you. Um, but really you got to know that martial arts is what's going to steer you in the right direction. If I wouldn't have had wrestling, if I wouldn't have went to college with wrestling, I would have fucking fucked shit up. You know, I just had that personality. Like I'm really glad that wrestling kept me grounded and then getting into martial arts and I'm a very addictive person. I mean, who knows what I'd be addicted to if it wasn't martial arts. I'm exactly the same way. You know? yeah. At least I've, I've, I've found the right things to be addicted to. I think that's important for so many kids. I think there's so many young kids that are growing up and they have all this angst and you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're, their bodies are anxious and they're filled with fucking testosterone, testosterone and they just, yeah, the kids want to break things. I think yeah. if you could focus that into wrestling or... Instead of giving them Ridlin, yeah, just let him wrestle. Yeah, just <laughs> any kind of martial arts, yeah. jiu-jitsu, something. It's just yeah. so good for their self-esteem and for just relieving that excess energy allows them to see more clearly, think things through better. Mm-hmm. It's just so good for them. And 
unfortunately, this, you're seeing less and less of that with people today. There's less and less martial arts in, in people's lives. That's mm-hmm. why I make a bunch of free videos and just lead by example. You know, like you asked me if I still train. Yeah. Hell yeah, I do. Like, I love this. And, and again, bunch and of free cool videos and today, seminars. Yeah, yeah you, can find, you can find martial Like it's, it's easier access of martial arts yeah. right now. Like Dwayne's, yeah. Dwayne's Online Academy, for instance. Like mm-hmm. You can get technique 24-7. Go do it in your garage with your buddy. Yep. Go hit a punching bag, yep. right? Yep. Uh, learn jujitsu online. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm starting my – even, like, the physical fitness part of, of training. Like, I'm starting my own uh, um, my own academy as well online to where I'm going to teach you not only the techniques behind it but how I get stronger at doing them, how I get in better shape, like a physical fitness part of it as well. When is too. that going to be available? Uh, probably less than a month, hopefully. Beautiful. Yeah, Let me know. I'll yeah. tweet that. Let people know. Hell yeah, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, you can get more information on it now just on tjdillashaw.com. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start an online kind of – I'm oh, actually yeah. – meeting Dwayne not only coached me in uh, the technique of martial arts, but you know the way he's organized everything, how he's learned from boss, how to organize, how to create a system. I've kind of done the same thing, you know. Um, I've I've – not only with just the technique, but the lifestyle, yep. you know, and so I'm, I'm kind of running with that. I'm running with that. And I want to show people, I'm not going to, cause eventually I'm not going to hold back and have any secrets. I'm going to tell everyone everything, you know? Yeah. And I want to start a champ camp. I want to do nice. like a very exclusive champ camp where it's like only 10 people can come and you come and stay with me, live at my house in Colorado, go wakeboarding. But then we also learn like the mental aspect of how I be, how I think to be a champion, how I eat, how the techniques, yep. take come them to do Dwayne's gym. Like, that's want, a great and I want yeah. to, cause like, that's what we need to do is lead by example, right? Help out. Pay cause forward. then I can really feel yeah. like I can like let loose. Mm-hmm. I can like tell you everything to where yeah. like, I don't want to sit to tell everyone everything cause I'm giving away my secrets. That's who I am. That's why I'm the best in the world. But I love to teach and I love to do it. And I feel like by giving them small, like small groups and giving them some intimate time doing a real champ camp yeah. is something I want to do as well. And I want to start creating this and I want to create them in places where we can have some fun too. Cause I think fighting, you got to have fun in this thing. Like you yeah. were talking to Donald Cerrone uh, not too long ago and that guy has to have fun. Yeah. If he's too much into the, like the professionals of him just fighting, then he's going to fall apart, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I want to teach you that I do that shit. Are my recovery serious? Like my nutrition serious? Like teach you how I re- everything. No secrets, you know. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, listen, man, this sport is exploding, and one of the reasons why it's exploding is the guys at the very top, like you, that are constantly innovating and keeping mm-hmm. an open mind and constantly improving. So you're a big part of the whole growth this thing, man. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to see, sir. So congratulations ah. to you, sir. Congratulations ah. to all of you, Mr. Master Splinter. Uh, yeah. You guys are awesome, man. I'm ah. a big fan of both of you. Keep kicking Thank ass. You, Always. And, uh, please tell people where your academy is in Colorado. Uh, uh, Westminster, Hunter and Wadsworth. And we have a super seminar coming up with Sensei Basru and Trevor Whitman and TJ Dillashaw, October 27th. And then we got the Killershaw MMA series coming out as well. Your website is? Uh, bangmuaythai.com. And, Hell yeah. And TJ Dillashaw on yeah. Instagram, Twitter, everything. It all. Right? Yeah, just TJ Dillashaw. No but, nicknames, no nothing. Beautiful. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Mr. Rogan.